0: 69 in your chew.
1: Oh, gross. Fuck no. That, I saw a God, video about be, that. That would be disgusting, man.
0: I saw a video about that. A guy's like, you know, guys, we're out there chewing. We need to be calling them in. And he puts a little dough estrus in there, packs himself up a dip and puts it in. And he's like oh my spitting. God. <laughs> he's spitting Jesus. and then he starts puking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, my mouth
2: is watering. Just, I'm just like, I'm about to throw up. Because I can smell it, as you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. There there have been years where I've used that spray, the aerosol spray, (laughs) 369, and like like a just pure idiot like i don't check the wind and i'm like oh there's a, <laughs> there, there's a pine tree right next to me i'm gonna hit that pine tree and it's up <laughs> it's, just it's, it's it's upwind i spray it and i'm like instantly eating it i'm like oh my god oh dude yeah I've, a had come, I've, I've had to come i've had to come like in like touch my face yeah. like, come back, it's,
1: on,
2: it's on my face
1: and then you just you can that's all you smell oh, for the rest uh, of your heart it's, hunt. I can taste it's it. absolutely terrible it. <laughs> oh yeah like a little a little breath mint yeah
2: Yeah. Well I I got smells like a deer ass. This is that's one of those things where like just talking about it I can I can taste it, I can smell it, and I'm sick to my stomach already thinking about it. I like when
0: you walk down that aisle in the sporting goods store and it smells like ass. Yes.
2: Pure. Pure deer sex ass.
1: <laughs> I saw a dude the other day that was in the aisle at Dunham's, and he oh, like, like you, you know, like if you were gonna go like shop for deodorant or something like that, you would like open it up <laughs> and kind of smell it. He did that with like one of these, one of those like King like sixty nine cans. He's deodorant. like, he's like smelling it. I'm like, dude, you don't need to like check the smell. They, uh, it smells like a deer's yep, ass. Yeah, like it's, it's,
2: it's there's. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, maybe. Oh, this one smells breeze. really good. This smells like better deer. Yeah,
1: Unani. yeah. This is like a really fruity one here. I can't. Uh, I can't walk. I can't walk. She was having aisle.
0: a
2: heavy cycle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this one I ate. This one ate a lot, down down ate a lot of fruit. Oh my god. I think that's a good intro. There. Got Ryan Cowan, your host. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> He backed up just Bob. All oh, right, Bob. I'm here to party. Nobody yeah, nobody else?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> I'm boycotting that. He's,
2: he's boycotting. Well, we got Captain JG who's not going to call his name out. <laughs> <clears throat> From I'm, the, in,
0: I'm going incognito this episode. Captain, Captain,
2: You're just the voice behind the curtain. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. There you go. Oh, I like. Captain oh. Crunch? Is that what you said? Captain Crunch. Yeah, um, did you hmm. never have Captain Crunch cereal as a kid?
0: You're deprived as as a child. It cuts the roof of your mouth. It
1: does. It does. It actually I, like tears I your
0: mouth. That's how you know on. it's good.
1: It's like razor blades. <laughs> That's the like the goods. Mouth. You got to let it soak in the milk for a minute, It gets the you know?
2: sugar right into the bloodstream faster. Yeah,
1: yeah you know, just just <laughs> spikes
2: that blood sugar real quick. And, you know. Uh well, Jimmy was going to join us, but um, he is sick. Tommy hurts. <laughs> well, as the story goes, I'll tell it so we can, we can give him shit while he's not here. He was supposed to go hunting last weekend for the early doe season that we debated last episode or episode before. And uh, he decided not to go because both of his kids got sick. Didn't want to leave his wife dealing with the kids. And now he got sick from both of his kids. And now, um, yeah, he can't come out and play. So. He got sick because he didn't go up north, and he didn't go up north because his kids got sick. So, yeah, that's the circle of life right there. So, we're, it's a Jimmy List episode. So, um, before we get rolling into this one, let's uh just catch up real quick. We got uh we got some numbers we got to talk about, but before we get there, um, Bob, what's new with you? Let's change it up. Um, nothing. Over the last week, you did <laughs> you did so many productive things. Oh man,
1: uh, I, I didn't really do anything, anything hunting or fishing related this past weekend. I smoked uh, a pork butt. Mm. <laughs> that was about it. Yeah, pretty lame. I've been working a lot. Turn out. I've been working a lot and like trying to get caught up on stuff around here because it just seems like it never ends type stuff. So yeah, you well, switch
2: beers. That's that's pretty much a big deal.
1: I had, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. So those, those Coors lights were going down too too easy. So I gotta, oh, I gotta. Th- these are a little. A I gotta little rougher. I gotta upgrade a little bit. Or, I, I, maybe not upgrade, Jason. I, that's what we're doing. Yeah, what I gotta. I see that. I see that. Yeah, gotta change it's, it up a
2: little bit. It's yeah. not great. So Bob switched to Miller Light. Yeah. Um Meteor told me to nine thousand times. Well, thank you, Steven Ranella. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Because now I gotta drink Miller Light. Oh God. Man. My taste buds hey, are revolting right you now. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> Is it warm? Is it bad or white claw? What do you want? It might as well be warm. No, it's it's all right.
1: It's not bad. It's just different. different it, tastes, so. it was sitting, <laughs> sitting it was, it was in the back seat. They have the air conditioning on. My bad.
2: Uh, I didn't want to go there, <laughs> but he did. So. Um, hey, that's
1: a that's a, that's a blast, there, Jimmy. Yeah. He's not here to defend himself, so we gotta give him shit. Um, I got, I'm gonna give you shit until you get back on the episode. I'm just gonna, I'm
2: gonna to defend yourself. You can't be here yeah. to defend yourself, and yeah. we can give you shit. Yeah,
1: if you want to defend yourself, come on the podcast. Yeah.
2: Anybody who says like beer is beer, you're full of shit because Coors Light tastes a lot better than this Miller Light. I mean, it's all water, but
0: yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's it all over.
0: it all comes from the same urinal, and we like it.
2: Oh all right so bob's been super productive last week jason did you do anything
0: yeah i did you had something I going fishing. on
2: last weekend right you were yeah, going to the with, river
0: yeah i went with my dad to the pier marquette river we
2: slayed we,
0: um not exactly
2: <laughs> okay
0: if if we had landed one salmon then we would have landed one salmon Uh, We hooked some salmon. We didn't land any, unfortunately. Um, River was a little bit low and clear and warm. We were fishing with some cured skein, which are the eggs in the membrane from female salmon that we had caught uh, out of Ludington back in August. Sounds
1: disgusting. (laughs) <laughs> now that's devotion. It's, right what there. is skein? Is that what it's called?
0: It's Skain, skein. S K E I N. I have two containers of it sitting in my fridge right now.
1: Skein, which is the membranes <laughs> of a female's productive. Yeah, reproductive so it's like
0: the, the eggs before they. When the when the female is that's completely the, ready to that's spawn, that's
1: the bloody discharge. She, oh my god! You, yeah, you just went, you went way above and beyond with that. That's
2: the mucus plug. Oh my god! This is the second time. I think that I've we've, I think to throw we've up.
0: arrived. I think we've arrived at that part.
2: This is the second time I wanted to throw up, and we've been on for five minutes. Okay, so, anyway, skein. Yep, the placenta. Skein. Go ahead. <laughs> the pl- placenta. We'll just call it placenta. So you're fishing with
1: placenta, and what'd you catch? Uh,
0: <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Derailed.
2: It we, only took five minutes.
0: We did hook some fish, but just had a tough time landing them. They're just... You know how they fight, Ryan? You saw it, they just go ballistic and you're in a small river and you can't control them. So they get into the logs and they break off. But we had a good time, it was funny. So we've been going to the river fishing for about 15 years. And for the longest time, we just used uh, Storm Deep Junior Thundersticks, throwing them into the deep holes and stuff. And that's one way to catch them. But you can have good success all day, well, allegedly. You can have better success during the day um, using skein under a float and so we cured some and we tried it And we got some bites like I said it was fun to experiment with we went last year with a guide and learned it and uh, it was funny because he showed us some spots to go to my brother and I went with him and so when dad and I went we got up really really early to try and beat the other guys to the, the specific turn in the river that we wanted to go to and the second morning we're putting along on the river and we're one bend upstream of where we were going to fish. And I hear a jet boat coming behind us. So I speed up a little bit and we ended up pulling into the spot and the guide was right behind us and he pulled into the next spot. But the guide that was there is the person that we fished with last year. And I know where he was headed and we beat him to it by like 30 seconds. So that kind of felt good that you beat the guy that's the professional, right? so um anyway like i said struggled to land fish we did have some hookups and i'm going back this coming weekend with my brother for a few days to try again so this time of year is and for us is just um you know catch photograph release not really interested in keeping any fish at this time of year number one because we have some and number two they're starting to i mean they're eventually they're pretty much dying and rotting right like this is the end of their life cycle so their fish are a little bit colored up the meat is a little bit pale not quite what you encounter when you're out on the big lake so anyway
2: so so what's your setup for that like i've used uh like a steelhead rod before which is like what, like a nine foot almost like a light a light action spinning rod
0: right right so we've got some rods that we try to accomplish multiple things Wait, with, you've, you've probably, got
2: fishing rods?
0: Unfortunately, I bought, or I'm sorry, I got one for Christmas, and I broke my leg and couldn't use it. So this was the first maiden voyage for that thing.
2: Well, is it um, anything like the, the 17 trolling rods you guys had?
0: It's very similar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a 10-foot rod. It's actually a baitcaster rod that I put um, the musky reel that I had, that Abu Garcia Toro Beast. I use that on the steelhead ten foot rod with heavy braid, and then you run that to a float down to a weight with a hook. I mean, you're okay. You're bobber fishing essentially.
2: Are you using you a leader uh, like a fluorocarbon leader?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we were running um, the reel. Is, it's not really overkill for salmon. I mean, those things fight hard. Oh, that yeah. reel has a good, I good felt quality it. drag. <laughs> yeah yeah so good quality drag but it does have that reel has 80 pound braid on it which is a little overkill but the fish aren't that line shy so we were running 80 pound braid down to our leader we were going back and forth we had some hooks tied up on 17 pound fluorocarbon we had some hooks tied up on 25 pound uh berkeley big game and in the low light conditions, we were using the lighter, or I'm sorry, the heavier line. And then when it got to be brighter out, we switched over to the 17 fluorocarbon. But we had bites on both setups. We just, like I said, struggled to land any. So. Yeah.
2: Well, I know that's uh, the, the the game, especially when it comes to steelhead. Like, it's not how many you caught, it's like how many you hooked versus how many you caught. Like, oh, yeah. we were one for six today. Like, yeah, because it's just known thing. Like, you're going to break off.
0: Right, right, exactly. Well, like so, you and said,
2: though, there's there's so much timber and rocks, and like it's a whole different element than just like when you're catching them out trolling. Them wide open. When you're catching them trolling, like you're pretty much you're not skiing them across the water because those things fight right, so hard. Right. But like you don't have anything else to to, to worry about. You you got other constant than nine
0: other rods.
2: <clears throat> well, yeah, but you like the, the 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 motor and the boat moving is got yeah. constant t- tension on the line right yep. where, where you're yep. fishing in a river you don't have that like it's up to you to keep yeah. that tension keep them out yeah. of the debris like it, it is a whole different fishing a whole different element than fishing in big water hectic. i yeah, do that hectic. because i don't want to do the big water again just throwing that out there right. again
0: right subtle hint
2: yeah just subtle hint again the next year don't invite me right well again you can invite me i'll hang out at the hotel. and Go, sit
0: in the pool go hang
2: out with the locals and yeah i'll sit i'll sit in the pool and you know drink me some miller light and <laughs> there you go
1: i'll go but only if we're gonna fish with placenta
2: yes yes <laughs> placenta and mucus plug Ah, <laughs> uh, so that was your weekend
0: there's that yeah what about you
2: um I did nothing. I was in urgent care over the weekend. Um I had some some health issues going on, some sick basically. <clears throat> More of the story. But uh we were planning on potentially fishing Saturday night for Sturgeon again. And the fact that I uh was dying Saturday morning. <clears throat> Saturday morning I was still kinda coughing a little bit. No, it's not COVID. Truly not COVID. <laughs> um yeah, so we decided not to. Just stayed in. Uh, I literally just sat around watched fishing shows and hunting shows all weekend. Watch the Lions win. Yeet yeet. That was the thing. It was a it's a good ass game. Nice when you could say the Lions won on a Sunday. <laughs>
0: Doesn't happen often.
2: So yeah, not not too eventful. Um Yeah, that's about it. So I did go out, um, I guess I did Sunday. I was feeling a little better once I got some some drugs in me, and I went and checked some trail cameras, and then realized that we suck as outdoorsmen, and half of them weren't working.
0: (laughs) Ah, good, good. At least we haven't lost our title. Yeah. I don't know what happened.
2: Like, uh, maybe, who knows? Well, we got, like, four different types of cameras, so there's different ways of turning them on and setting them up, and Yeah. So it is what it is. There was
1: a couple of them. I looked at them, and I'm like, I have no idea how this fucking thing works. I yeah. plugged plug the card. I all I did was pull the card, and then like, put it back in and kind of mess with it a little bit. I'm like, all right,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe so, it'll work. So nothing too eventful on the cameras. I think we had yeah. a, a spike horn, some does, and of the cameras that did actually take pictures. Otherwise, you had a
0: Michigan. You had a Michigan eleven point on there. I
2: did. Yeah, I did. Yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah, yeah. Gonna whack him.
2: Whack him and stack him he'll fit on my wall real nice real nice can't taste it got
0: a spot right over the right over the fireplace for
2: him when when i make you a, a juicy venison burger if you can tell me how many horns he's got man you're you're doing something there so exactly yeah all right so last week we had talked about um the deer harvest number so um just mainly talking about the, the new mandatory reporting and then um, how many deer had been harvested from the just the Liberty Hunt alone. And then we got into talking about the early season being last week. And uh, we kind of threw some numbers out there and have a little bet of who had the closest number of how many deer we thought were going to be harvested between total deer harvested so far for the year. So that's going to include the Liberty Hunt weekend, which was two weeks ago and then last weekend which was the early hunt so jason i know you got those numbers up
0: this is this is eye-opening
2: so 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 the numbers so these were our guesses i started and i said i was i bet it was going to be around 20,000 because it was at 6,000 just from the first weekend so my thought being that it's the early doe season and we kind of got into a debate on whether we should have the early doe season and and whatnot. And <clears throat> my thought is that our number is going to be closer to twenty thousand, meaning about fourteen thousand deer would be harvested last weekend. So that was my number. Bob came back with fifteen thousand because he thought it was going to be as much because he was all for the season. And then Jason came back with an ass nine number of one or twelve thousand three hundred forty five, which is literally one two three four five like a dick <laughs> So what is the number Jason? That's uh, that's live right now, right?
0: Yeah, as of September 20th at 7:02 p.m., the total number for 2022 reported is 9,570. We are terrible. Way Nine,
2: off. 9,570? Yeah. That's total so deer harvested.
0: So essentially How? about 3,000 antlerless deer were harvested. And we still, based on the 72-hour rule, there is still potentially another, yeah. you know, if a person shot a deer like late Sunday, they, they would have some more time to report it. But still, um, far fewer than we That's... expected, which is, a, which is somewhat telling in that it was warm. Maybe that was a bit of a deterrent. It, it but was not like ninety nearly, degrees, <laughs> yeah, but not nearly right. Not nearly what we expected for harvest numbers. Yeah, I don't
1: think it's as popular either. You know, people don't want to just go out there and hunt does most of the time. I think the youth hunt is is important, or it, it's more popular because people are trying to get their kids out there, and I in in a way, I think a lot of hunters are probably like, I'm going to take my kids out on this one because it's before the season. It's, you know, and, and that way they can get their kids out in the woods. And then that kind of leaves the rest of the season for them to like to really, hunt, you know, kind of hard.
0: What's th- funny I, I is. I think that's kind of the
1: thought process for some people.
0: So the, the report shows you a breakdown by county, and you can filter it to just a specific season, the whole season, antlered, antler lists, blah, blah, blah. But these are just overall numbers. And the number of deer harvested in counties across Michigan ranges from two in Keweenaw County <laughs> to 354 in Sanilac County.
2: Both deer in the Keweenaw Peninsula got killed? <laughs> yeah, the population is
0: doomed because they killed the one buck and the one doe up yeah. there. Yeah, the and whole so breeding herd done.
2: is gone. Jeez,
0: the breeders are wiped out.
2: Well, yeah. now all the wolves are going to die because they got nothing to eat. Like, see what had just happened from your your, the whole your damn early seasons. The whole ecosystem is going to crash. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Armageddon upon us.
0: Now all the wolves are going to be going over the. Isle Royal eating moose.
2: Isle Royale.
0: Sorry, I mispronounced
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, oh. yeah, I've just
0: been looking at the numbers. but
2: So you um, were sitting there watching numbers all week. You knew that you were. Oh, worthless. I was.
0: Yeah, I've like, been looking. Like a yeah, kid in a candy looking, store. Yep, I've been looking since. Man, that,
2: that really surprises me. I thought, I thought for sure. But again, if it was a colder weekend, I feel like. It it might have been, it would have been more, but I don't think it would have been that much more than that. That's crazy. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. So
0: now what's interesting is, okay, granted, there's still deer out there, right? But, so you said Washtenaw County, right?
2: That's generally where we would hunt. Yeah,
0: so 141 deer, 59 bucks and 82 does or i guess it's it's broken down by antlered and antlerless but let's just say for the sake of argument it's bucks and does so yeah yeah, washington county 59 bucks 82 does i bet you that all of those bucks are probably giants
2: but everyone but what if 150 inches but what if the does (laughs) identify as a buck well there you go that's a whole different conversation we did the deal how do we know how uh, those deer identify yeah. Just because they have I horns. I know what
1: that deer's gender is.
2: It's how very, do we know, just because they have yeah. horns on their head, yeah. that they're male or female? How's the DNR know that, That's Mr. True. Green Jeans? How do they know?
0: That's true. Just because a deer has antlers doesn't mean it's a male. That That's, is
2: literally that is how true. dumb this conversation is when you have <laughs> it with a human being. No, no, like, that is how dumb this but shit he's, is. But he's not lying. There are does out there that are antlered. Well yeah. Yeah.
0: Take another swig of that Miller Lite.
2: I'm going to. There's not enough in the world. <laughs> so,
0: anyway, yeah, uh, I think it's been because have, I'm a nerd. I have a hard time I with like stupidity lobster. right now. the harvest totals. Um,
2: I think we should keep checking this like throughout the the season. Oh yeah. I think it'd be something fun to do. Um yeah. obviously the season doesn't open until October 1st, which is coming up in a week and a half or so. But we'll uh yeah, I think throughout the season we should just like randomly throw out some numbers and get some side bets going. Yeah. The Miller Lite still pops like a, like a Coors Light.
0: If you close your eyes, you wouldn't know what it is.
2: <clears throat> no, I'd I know. I'd know. I've been drinking Coors Light for like 18 years now. <laughs> and I've pretty much drank solely Coors Light.
0: The guy came out of the womb with a Coors Light in his hand.
2: Uh, pretty, pretty much. And our dad... <laughs> Growing up, he drank bush beer, and I just could not drink that shit. I mean, I have. I probably could in the pinch. Um, and I drank Labat Blue Light for a while because my wife's family, that's all they drank. And I, that shit got old really quick because that's, that's thick. Sh- I do not say it's thick, but it's got less water, more flavor. A <laughs> little <laughs> too much flavor. I'd so, yeah, be, it's I'd been Coors be Light water for me. with my beer. So. Have
0: you guys ever heard of people refer to bush light as shrub light? <laughs>
3: No. Oh, I, get I, it. I, I, heard, I get it I heard that I,
0: so we fished with a guy all weekend he kept talking about shrub light and he was grabbing bush lights and I didn't get it I felt like an idiot
2: <laughs> I've heard him <them laughs> call bush lattes that's like yeah I've big, heard that but like he said something game, about man.
0: shrub light and I'm like what are you talking about I'm thinking he was like looking at the lighthouse right <laughs> off into the distance and I'm like shrub light what's this guy talking about and mm. then yeah it took me all weekend to figure out bushes shrubs trees yeah
1: When when people started calling bush light Bush lattes. It took me a minute, like kind of, kind of a dumb moment to like. I was like, did Bush start making like a fucking coffee beer or something? Like, bro, who drinks that? And I'm like, oh no, they just, I don't know, they want to, they want to, don't, wanna, don't church, wanna, it up, wanna church it up. They want to church it up. They want to make it sound all fancy and whatnot. Yeah,
2: it's it's still better than Miller Lite. I just gotta say, I mean, it's, it's not a- the worst thing I drank. I'll say that. I got some Sheboygan up there. Drink I them need Sheboygans. to drive home Sheboygan. Home. I got some Give Sheboygans. Me. I got some Oberons. I got some Bell's yeah. up there. That's a thick beer though. That's thick. That's good.
0: Do you have That's any? Uh, do you have any Beast Ice hidden in that fridge? Do, oh hell no!
2: What the fuck is that?
0: Milwaukee Best. Oh god. The Beast. Oh,
2: god. I've only had that a handful of times. and it, it was bad. I
1: used to have a buddy that would drink Keystone White like it was going out of style, man. I used to call it the Stones. Got to get me a thirty. Yeah. The Stones.
2: Me, me and <laughs> a buddy. Give you some stones. Me and a buddy of mine went on a. We went on a canoeing <laughs> got your trip. Kidney stones. <laughs> I went on a canoeing trip with a buddy of mine up the Rifle River up in Sterling. Uh, this is a long time ago, and it's this whole weekend. There was like a hundred dudes and that went on it, and it was like. The whole river, the Rifle River. If you've ever been down, it's like Mardi Gras. Like, you know, topless women, big party, jello shots. Like, it's it's a lot of fun for a early twenties guy. You're in heaven. Sounds like a good time for a forty year old too. Hey, let's go. <laughs> let's go.
3: Let's I think we just go. on our next trip.
2: Let's right. go. We can like, do the. We I can like, do the. I like Bush lattes and boobies. Anyways, so. We we ran out of beer the first night cuz we Sorry, vastly Nicole. underestimated how much beer me and this other guy would drink. So we run up to the gas station um just to pick up some more beer and in that gas station they have a 30 pack of beer called beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds legit. Beer. And I looked all over the packaging to see if it who it was made by and there was nothing besides beer and it was like 9.99 a 30 pack.
0: It was
2: some home brew. Oh yeah, and you bet your ass we bought it. We drank that shit going down the river, and it was the nastiest <laughs> shit I ever it's like, drank. It's like Duffs. Oh man, isn't that from the Duff? Sim- isn't that
1: from the Simpsons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Texas, they used to drink a, the the main beer in Texas. They like the main shitty beer is uh, Lone Star. It's the same same concept. Like nine ninety nine for a thirty pack of this shit, and like we used to yeah. do a thing in the army called Shitty Beer Night. And like we, everybody get together and just hang out in the barracks and shit, and everybody would bring the worst beer they could find. I always brought Rolling Rock. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I always Dude, brought that Rolling Rock. It used to be your drink, though, back in the day. Well, it became my drink because of shitty beer night.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> I drink so much of this
1: shit that, that I was like, like, oh, eventually I started to like it. You get it. that
2: fancy green bottle, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it was shitty. And yeah, yeah. but anyway, like you'd have everything from Bush to. Oh. Keystone Light to Natty, every, oh man! Everybody, there Natty. was a there was a plethora of natural light and natural ice there. But yeah, we just sit around and get just just gut rot. I used to drink a lot of PBR. <clears throat> yeah, PBR, Blue Ribbon, buddy, buddy, I've had some of the PBR. worst
2: gut rot <laughs> go to, and the next day beer shits after drinking PBR. <laughs> like oh man, oh man, <clears throat> the high there's, life was usually somebody always brought the a, high life too. There's a beer from Pittsburgh called Iron City Beer ever had it, jason no. made in pittsburgh obviously called iron city beer but my wife's family a lot of them are from pittsburgh and we went out there and for a party or something like that and i hammered drunk start drinking this iron city beer and at the time like i'm like oh man this shit is delicious so i remember her aunt was coming into town or something and i was like hey get me a 30 a pack of iron city so she brings it to me, and I'm so excited for it, and it is the worst tasting shit ever. He's <laughs> already <laughs> drunk when he said I was so it. I was so drunk. I was like, "Oh man, this stuff tastes so good." No, it's it's like ten dollars a case there for this shit. Every time
1: Terrible. we went up to the UP, I would always like we'd always stop at that yeah. one gas station in uh, Manistique. It's like the only gas station in Manistique, but we would stop there, and they'd always have like this big display of hams. Oh, yeah. And that I think that's a Wisconsin beer, and uh, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that." Because yeah. I, I was like, "It's got to be terrible." Because it's cheap yeah. as fuck. And I was like, "A yeah. guy
0: I know, a guy I know, his favorite beer was Hams, but the additional detail was not just any Hams, room temperature Hams. Oh my Jeez. god! Because yeah. he said he'd go to a party and no one would drink it. <laughs> it was just out. No, yeah, yeah I just... guess
2: you don't have to share any <laughs> beer what is warm temperature
0: hams yep
2: let me so you want to know the best marketing of any beer possible is the bush camouflage can
1: oh yeah to people like us yeah yeah.
2: exactly so we'd go to that gas station they have this big mountain of camouflage can bush beer and i'm like dude we got to get that that's awesome we're going hunting it's got a blaze orange camouflage can if you yep. buy a case of it. If you crack one. You're like, it's oh,
0: it's not bad. It's not, it's, it's uh, not,
2: bad. it's not good, but it's not. I, bad. I, it's not bad. I
0: wear them. I wear them on my clothes when I'm hunting, so that I have my hunter's orange on. There you, there you, go. Go. you just
1: have to have three sixties and just like make a link, like a little crown, yeah. like a little ring. Didn't Bush?
0: Was it Bush? They had some cans with fish on them.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, that's, that that's, was
0: the rage back in grad school
2: that's what I'm saying man like tailor to your audience there like we drank Bush for, for a few years just during gun yeah, season probably, just, be, yeah. just because of the, the can it's the only reason it tastes like it ass it worked but. the main reason that I bought this Miller Lite
1: is that it had the I had a 15 pack of it that I bought had a big ass Lions logo on the box I was like oh that's a sweet ass box
2: <laughs> so I bought it <laughs> like a dumb dumb. I'm, I'm a sucker when he, man
0: when he bought it when i'm he a sucker the for a, like a cool looking
2: can <laughs> and now we know bob's the biggest sucker oh, out there <laughs> dude you
1: should see my whiskey collection up there i own all this different whiskey just because of the bottle like i don't know it all tastes like hot garbage but like yeah
0: when i buy a bottle for deer camp it's like what's on the label or what's on the topper or whatever it's not because it's actually good
3: yeah yeah yeah
2: All right. So man, we got derailed talking about beer. 10 minutes it's of beer been derailed continues. for many reasons
0: so this sure. whole time.
2: Well, that's pretty much every episode. We, we don't have any structure in this shit anymore. It's, it's just derailment 101. That's the name of this podcast. Derailment 101. So, <clears throat> we were talking about hunting, we were talking about deer season coming up. So, let's stay on that topic. So, let's talk a little This upcoming season prep. So, October 1st is around the corner. What's the day? 21st? 20th. 20th, whatever. So, we're... The 20th, yeah. Yeah. So, we're 10 days away from opening day. I will likely not be in the woods opening day just because the forecast is not looking great. Although, Thursday is supposed to be like a low of 40, which is going to be real nice. I'm going to be out. Crispy. I'm going. Send it. I'm going to be in a tree somewhere. I don't even know if I... If I have to work, I... I definitely won't, but if I have the day off, I might, depending on the weather. But so ten days away, so let's talk a little bit of prep. So what are we doing? Um, I guess uh, first thing, <clears throat> food plots. Jason, you ever done any food plots? Never. Could you next topic? Them, could you do them up in the thumb, like where you normally hunt?
0: Uh, where we hunt. Yeah, you could. We've. Because it's private land up there, right? Yeah, it is. Yep. So on that property, the guy has two different areas that I think are like three or four acres in size that are in like a pheasants forever program. So there's switchgrass planted there, which offers some like bedding habitat and things like that. Um, but we haven't really entertained food plots because surrounding the entire block of woods is fields in every direction. and i'm sure maybe a food plot might get a deer to like come by and hang out for a minute before you blast it but yeah we just to be honest we've sort of taken the easy route right like we put up stands in areas that have high use and we've been able to get deer so we haven't gone really the extra mile to try and keep deer on the property above and beyond what just naturally occurs there um part of it is you know it's his property um and part of it is you know i I'd like to put the time in, but I think I at some point in my life, I'm gonna have to sit down and really prioritize my hunting and fishing hobbies and figure out where am I going to put my time in because, as you know, the three of us could be hunting or fishing or preparing to hunt or fish for a species literally every single weekend of the year yes and right. and as be- as I become a married man and build a family that's not. A realistic expectation.
2: Well, when we first started this podcast, we do we were recording them every what Saturday night because the only reason is because you broke your foot, you're Yeah, that's the only yeah. reason. Otherwise, every weekend you would have had something going on, or we would have had something going on. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's we're the, doing
1: this on a Tuesday. Yeah, that's basically. why we just switch
2: and we do it after work now. Like that's the only yeah. way we can get this shit done because there's. there's yeah. at, we we predicted it though, like the third or fourth episode. Like we were, I remember us yeah. talking about like. Yeah, we're gonna our schedules are gonna get real busy real quick. And we haven't even been doing that much fishing shit. It's just life shit. No family stuff. Like summer stuff. Oh exactly. Exactly. That's that's just unfortunately life. And yeah, so so food plots are they're a lot of work. They really are. Like it's not just you plant it and the shit grows up and comes back. Like I guess you could. Um, but I mean there's a lot of prep work. I've always been interested in it. Um you know, we have the property behind our dad's house that's close enough to where we could get to it. You, you know, for something like you, Jason, where you have to drive up over to the thumb, uh-huh. that'd be tough if you got to commute over there to just to go maintenance it. Sometimes you got to cut this stuff, you got to trim it, you may yeah. have to spray it, like. But <clears throat> what are your thoughts, Bob?
1: Uh, well, for our particular situation and the way that we hunt and what what we do um we we same kind of thing jason we're surrounded by big ag like you're you know 20 acre plus you know fields of big crops corn soybeans um stuff like that kind of surrounded a lot of hay fields and alfalfa fields and stuff like that kind of surrounding all of us but the the main area that we hunt uh is about it's, it's only about 21 acres or 25 acres or whatever it is and um it's it is some of the most like premier bedding habitat in the area yeah. so it's kind of like i've weighed i've thought about it like all right we could put a food plot in here and we thought about it a lot this year because we got a little bit more access better access to the property this year and i thought about like maybe maybe we could put in a food plot and do that And i was like in the same sentence i'm like you know there's no real reason to disturb what's going on back there because it is it's it is some, it is really thick. It is gnarly. Yeah. And it, there's a couple, of like, really nice hardwood funnels that kind of run along each edge of the bedding area that connect to the big ag field. So it's like it's kind of a premier setup for what we want to do. We just got to hang stands in the right area. Yeah. And scouting is a big part of that. So that's why we hung up a lot more cameras this year. And we're just, oh, we're, we're not out there a lot. We're trying not to be in, you know, in the area, you know, kind of educating the deer on what we're going to do and where we're going to be, but we're trying to at least get eyes on and see, all right, where are these deer moving right now? What do we have out there? Because these deer are going to, they're going to be transient. They're going to move from that 20, 20 acres ain't nothing around here. You know, when you're talking, you know, shit, we used to have, we used to have kind of our permission for the whole 120 behind that at one point we could probably hunt 300 acres in that area mm-hmm. and um you know everything has been kind of parceled off and now there's guys leasing shit and there's yeah. so we're kind of confined to a smaller area so we're really just trying to find like how can we ambush these deer from their bedding area because that's we yeah. the, the area that we hunt is the premier bedding area for this probably 500 acres in the area it, it's, you know, so we, you don't really want to disturb it that much, but you want to be able to to know the area to be able to ambush the deer coming in and out of those big ag fields. So that's kind of the, that's my theory behind it. I would love to do food plots because I, just, that I, get, I get more excited about, like, the prep, I think, than I do actually hunting. Like, I love to go out and, you know, that... There's a couple, like, shows and stuff like that that I watch um, that, that deal primarily, like, whitetail properties and stuff like that, where they deal primarily with habitat management and trying to improve your hunting land to make it, like, the best possible thing. And I'm like, man, it would be awesome to own, you know, 500 acres to be able yeah. to do this kind of thing. And one of the areas that we where, where we hunt up in northern Michigan, um, it's kind of connected to there's about 200 acres up there and those guys do a lot when it comes to they plant all their own stuff their own crops and everything is for the deer there is they don't harvest anything so like they leave standing corn every year and they they plant a lot of turnips and beets and stuff like that and i have said for years and i don't know if bob or any of those guys listen to this but i've said it for years they hunt it wrong like they do it wrong they've got the, they've got such a huge tract of land with all the elements that it would take to like really harvest big deer on it or a lot of deer for that matter. And they, they, they don't do it right. Their stand placements, their, 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 you know, hunting blind placements and things like that are, are goofy to me. Like, I'm like, why is there a blind right here? This this is, this is literally facing nothing. This, this, this doesn't give anybody an opportunity. So I think it's a little bit more about that. And I think about that when it comes to, or I think about like where the position stands and where the deer, move, where the deer movements happening? It, am I seeing like right now? I'm seeing a lot more deer activity in the morning, in mm-hmm. the particular area that you know that I've got like my cell cam up in. So I'm like, okay, this area, you know, I'm I, I don't see anything at night. If I do see anything, it's late, late. It's like midnight. Yeah, I've had, you know, i had no pictures at nighttime right now. And and it's been kind of like that over the last couple of years. Like, most of the pictures that we're getting are early morning things. So it's like, you know, do I waste my time hunting this particular stand at night when I know that there's kind of a small likelihood that I'm going to see I think for the area
2: that we hunt, there's so much commotion around there with the neighbors around there. Like, I just feel like morning's where it's at. Because it's just people are, they're not up, they're not cutting their grass. Like can't tell you how many times I sat in the tree stand at nighttime and I've got the one stand sits along the property line and I can watch this dude run back and forth on his UTV. And it's like instantly deflating for me, but I've never seen anything when he's doing that. So, I mean, everybody says like, oh, the deer get used to it. And I'm sure they do, but the same sense, like they don't know what the fuck that sound is. So I'm sure that does something to or the it. the cows. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the cows, I imagine they're probably pretty used to. But I, I don't know. That's always been my thought as to why that's been a better morning spot. Yeah. For sure. I mean, we've killed deer at night for sure. I mean, you killed your biggest buck at night right back there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but
1: like I've I've sat in the stand and I've listened to chainsaws. I've listened like, to I've like, listened to Billy Billy Bob on his goddamn quad just <laughs> going back and forth all day and I'm like man this yep. it, it, it's just demoralizing it's not you might see deer in that kind of scenario right. but at the same time i'm just i'm up there and i'm like why am i even unless there? it's a rut like i feel dead. like
2: you're probably not gonna see shit though like at nighttime right I I, I, I I
1: killed that i killed that big buck right in the heart of the rut right in yeah. the middle of it so yeah. it was like it, that that deer head didn't care there, there, i could have
2: been in the tree stand with a chainsaw <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> give a shit that's oh, not what he was worried yeah. about, and, I, so. and I'm not a huge fan of hunting in the morning. I don't like getting up early.
0: I was just gonna say that's probably why. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I just. Well, I, I stay I mean,
2: up late. Like I don't like getting. I mean, I I do like hunting in the morning, but the, the getting up early and getting dressed, getting out of my warm bed to go put on clothes to go sit in the the bullshit cold, like oh man. I think
1: there's something to be said about nighttime hunting, though, because there's, like, I think we talked about this at this some point. There's right? an end game, there, Like, there's you know, yeah, you when know I can't like,
2: see anymore, I go back.
1: Yeah, in the morning, it's kind of open-ended by, like, you know, if I'm in the tree stand at 7 o'clock, by 9 o'clock, I'm like, all right, I'm bored out of my mind. But well, I, I know that I, if I stay till 10 or I stay till 11, yep. like, the odds are I'm going to see,
2: I could see well, something. For, you never for know, me, but, like, I, I try to sit as long as I can without, like, checking the clock. So I get out there at seven o'clock, and I'll sit there, and I'm like, I'm not going to check my phone because I know as soon as I do, time is going to stop.
3: <laughs> so I sit
2: there, and I sit there, and I'm like, constantly thinking, like, nope, you don't need to check your phone. Nope, nope, nope. Sit there, sit there. It's getting light out. And I'm thinking, all right, it's got to be like eight forty-five, right? And I look at my phone, and it's like seven fifty-five, and I'm like, are you shitting me? I've been out here, <laughs> for, been an out hour. here for an hour. <laughs> it feels like I've been out here for three hours. Yep. Like that's why I hate the mornings. Like it just seems like it goes by so slow.
1: I've seen a lot of good deer in the morning though, and I've shot some deer in the morning. But in They're reality, dead.
2: when you think about it, like why am I trying to rush it? You're hunting. You're out in the woods. You're in, you know, in the elements. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: like why? Why would I? Why would I want to get that's, out of the? Tree see, stand? that's like the start. mental
2: side of it. Like you just need to slow the fuck down and like nothing else matters. Just sit there and enjoy the scenery. Yeah. But in not the not like that, but race it, of life, it's hard because you, you, running through my head, I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Like, I need to get out of the tree. Why the fuck am I hunting? I think on?
0: when I'm sitting <laughs> up there, I think about, boy, you know what would sound really good right now is a bowl of chili and a nap. Oh, man, right?
2: <laughs> For a big old but breakfast. I like hunting.
0: In, yeah, I like hunting in the morning because I like the opportunity to track the deer in the daylight. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, I, was, I, I was just about to say that. It gives you all day to mess with the deer.
2: Yeah, but uh, oh, you know what man. I'm saying. Some I've had some of the best like times I've had is tracking a deer at night with flashlights. You're tracking that blood trail, and all of a sudden you just you know because you can't see in, ahead of you, right? I don't know. It's easier. Don't get me wrong. Deer, You're more. It,
0: deer in, in general is fun.
2: oh yeah that's like the best part is tracking that deer yeah if you call me and say hey
1: i shot a deer you want to come track it i will be there yeah i will be there that's a good time yeah i'm gonna
2: i think
0: it's i think it's even i would hazard a guess to say it's more fun tracking someone else's deer because you get the excitement and not the anxiety exactly (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) like when hunting season comes rolling around i have a whole kit i have a whole like it's like a camelback that's got a couple bigger pockets on it, and it and I've got all my knives in it. My I've got tracking like tape on there. I've got you know gloves, and, and I've got everything ready to go. That just for process, you know, for yeah. you know, you know, uh, field dressing a deer. But like, I'll just all I gotta do is grab that bag and go. Like yeah. that's how it usually is. Like he'll he'll when he's hunting. Like I'm kind of and I'm not. In, it's at night or something like that like i hope, I, I don't drink. i don't
2: call well no <laughs> i i don't i i like i won't
1: drink you know because i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drink a few beers and then i get a call and i gotta go drive so i'm gonna like i'm like i'm i'm sta- i'm on standby i'm sitting around kind of anxious and it's dark and i'm like all right and i'm like i'll wait i'll wait maybe a little bit or a half hour after dark and i'll text them like hey what'd you see did you kill anything, you know, or something like that. So but I'm, like, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that phone call. Like, so how many, Holy shit, man. man. How many times we got that phone call, <laughs> you know? All right.
2: so it's a, the, phone, it's a good phone call, though. It is. So reeling it back into uh, – well, I remember we'll, – we'll stay on that real quick. I remember when you shot that big buck because yeah. I was at work. I don't know where the hell I was at. But as soon as I got that call, it was a family emergency, and I got the hell out of there. And I drove straight to our parents' house, straight from work, family emergency. I don't remember where the fuck I was working back then. I think it was Cabela's. It must have been. Yeah, and I just peaced out, and I was like, I'll be there in like 45 minutes. I said, get the fuck out of the woods. Don't walk back in until I get (laughs) get there. Yeah, he was out there in like his uh, denim Dan
1: shirt and his, uh, you know. guy still
0: had his radio on. Yeah. Canadian
1: tuxedo.
2: Canadian tuxedo.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's how it is though.
2: But all right, so reeling it back into food plots. Um, I've always wanted to do them. You know, I don't know if our property, like you said though, if that would really make sense because we were surrounded by, by, uh, fields. Literally s- surrounded by fields, and it's the main bedding area, and it's funnels on each side. So, if anything, maybe some of that throw and grow, um, something that would literally Stop just that or just even just something to benefit the deer to give them more nutrients and stuff like but yeah i don't know that there's even a need because the way we can set up like we can literally almost trap them in order for them to get to these fields like we can the main two funnel points we can hunt so they've got to walk through them so yeah but i'm i'm for them if uh if you've got the right setup like if we could do that up north and and on a way where we hunt like I think that would be money. That, that would be a place, yeah. If we man, could spend the time to get up there acres. to to plant something, which maybe we can. There's literally no agriculture in the area that we hunted as a swamp. Not within bus. a couple miles, at least. Yeah, and if you could if you could get some, some kind mm-hmm. of food in the
1: ground up there like those deer. Yeah, even, they, it's, they even if it's like a,
2: like a quarter acre, like a small opening, plant something, even just some clover, like something that's going to bring them in, like that would be big. What were you seeing, Jason? Did,
0: I think it might have been... I don't know if it was like a mini series or something. It was through the meat eater guys. It was called the back 40. Did you guys ever watch that? It sounds familiar. So they bought a, I I think it was a 40 acre piece of property in Michigan and they essentially start from scratch and say, okay, we've got 40 acres. What are we going to do? And I thought it was pretty cool. They, they take a more broad uh, wildlife management approach and say like, okay, we're going to bring in a forester. We're going to bring in all of these different, people with different expertise that they specialize in. And then they kind of tailored the ground to benefit wildlife and obviously deer. And then, you know, I thought it was, uh, it was very cool because here it was a small piece of property in Michigan. A lot of people are fortunate enough to have that as opposed to not having anything and have to go public. But it showed that you can do whatever you want to a piece of ground and you're only going to be able to shoot the biggest buck that is there. You're not going to be able to sh- just grow a 150 on a 40 acre parcel, right? They nice. had this th- it was a wide 8 point and it wasn't a 150 inch 8 point. It was just your typical Michigan 8 point, yeah. right? Like it probably didn't score 100 inches. And the guy, I can't remember the the name of the person that ended up shooting it, but I mean, he was emotional. He said there was so much time and effort that was put into that piece of property all summer leading up to it that when he shot the deer it was like he was as emotional as you would expect maybe someone would be with a giant and it was just this like cookie cutter Michigan eight point. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Like I said, mini series. I think there's Oof. maybe like six or eight episodes or something. It's fun to watch. We'll to That's
1: that. why I don't have a problem with shooting a hundred inch. Eight point, like I don't, I don't. I mean, it's your own time and. No, we own, don't measure our deer. <laughs> it's your own time and effort that goes into it that that counts. Yep. Like that's that deer is special to that person. Yep. Whether it's a spike horn or it's a eight point. I bet your ass a, if I have like a
2: hundred decent size eight point come inch, in, whatever. that's a hundred and twenty inch eight point. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot that thing. If it's you know, like I'm, I don't know, I might shoot a five point if I'm feeling it when he comes in. I I have no size like requirement for me, like I say I'm gonna yep. put a buck on the wall, but yeah I'm gonna I, shoot whatever I, whatever I feel like. Man, that's a nice buck. I I, I want to shoot that thing. I, you know? I passed some I passed some smaller bucks
1: earlier or last year that I probably in past years would have killed, and I passed them with the idea that all right, you know it's that that deer is that young right now and it's already got it's already a six point like. Next year, that's going to be a, that's going to be a Danny. I had two of them come in in one day, and I was like, yeah, two different deer. They were there at the same time, so I knew they were yeah. different. But
2: in in like, reality, like you my know, the, my my numbers like an eight point or better. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get a doe just to get freezer meat. Um, I'm not gonna pass on the doe like I did last year, and pass on twenty does that I saw. So I'm gonna shoot a doe to get freezer meat, and then. Besides that, like I'm generally, I'm going to be shooting for an eight point. You know, not because I I'm gonna kill deer, don't want to, but that's just where I'm at personally. Where, you know, I've shot enough small bucks. Like I'm, I'm shooting, I'm looking for more horns. You know, and if mm-hmm. I can pass on a five point, because maybe thirty minutes later, an eight point's going to come in behind it, or you know, whatever the case. But so, I mean,
1: it, it's a fun thing to shoot an eight point, and like Jason was saying, like it, you know, the guy was pretty emotional about it mm-hmm. and he had, you know worked for that deer know yep. but it's a whole nother animal to shoot a 12 or a 14 oh, or a 16 i would i, I wouldn't know
2: i would you know what know. i'm saying it's a whole that's
1: a whole nother animal so, so i mean that's the argument that's the argument that like nobody will ever win because it's no. well i
2: think the argument yeah. is shoot whatever the fuck you want to shoot and don't care right. about what other people shoot it's your tag. If it's legal, I don't care what you shoot. If you want to shoot spike horns, then shoot spike horns. I don't care.
1: Yeah, at our deer camp, you'll get yelled at for shooting a the spike. Not for passing a spike Then yell horn. at me. Yeah. I'm
2: a big boy. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to get yelled at, so I'll just shoot. I don't at. mind getting yelled at. <laughs> I don't mind it. it up the, up there,
1: up, up there is different though. Like, eh, you might shoot a spikehorn,
2: you know, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's just different. Well, they it's they just have different... yelled at me up there because, like, I've told them, like, "Oh yeah, I saw a spikehorn," and like, "What the fuck, you mean you didn't shoot it?" Uh, I got yelled at for no, passing a cool. button buck. Yeah. I passed a button buck. Those guys shoot everything, though.
1: They always ask you when you come into into camp, they're like, Mm what would you you see? I was like, oh, I had a button buck. But that's the only time those guys hunt, though.
2: Like, that's their one chance to hunt. They they hunt the late doe season and and maybe muzzleloader, but otherwise that's their season for the four days they're there. So, like, in their eyes, they shoot whatever walks, you know. If it's
0: brown, it's down.
2: Yeah, because that's their chance to get it freezer meat for their families like and cool you do you also another way that they mismanage this 200 acres like <laughs> my god
1: <yeah. laughs> you know what i'm saying like they could grow i mean and they have so many crops up there you can grow yeah. some massive deer. You, there are massive deer up there you shot one last yeah. year that
2: we didn't find anyways <laughs> moving on <sighs> let's just straighten that wound
0: we're All right, right we're so
2: we're I think that's good on food plots, so we talked briefly, I think it was last week about trail cameras. Not that we need to go too too deep into it or anything like that, but um we talked about cell cams. those are huge for this time of year. um We probably put up cameras earlier than we've ever put up. I think we got them up in probably August probably yeah middle august or so so we've had them up for like a month and i i mean generally it's like the week before season i'm getting the camera <laughs> honestly i just have never been this proactive to get them out there but i know people who leave them up all year long so
0: that's what we do yeah
2: you guys leave them up all year
0: yeah we don't have that many we on that property over in the thumb we have three cameras and now granted I'm being a hypocrite right now because two of the cameras are not operating, but typically we have three cameras that we go and periodically check maybe every three or four months. Um, when it's not the hunting season, just to kind of take inventory, check batteries and pull the cards just for fun, something to do. And then when we're up there for deer hunting, obviously we're, we're seeing them more often, but I was going to ask you guys, um, when you have all of your cameras, Okay. So you've, you've got them out there, you know, in mid August, are you more in the camp of take a deep dive once drop it off and don't come back until the end of the season or like easy access points to go in and out real quick. And for example, uh, two of our cameras are literally like on the other side of the pine trees from the road. We can hop in the, I mean, you can be to the camera and back in two minutes. Um, You just cross the ditch, go past the first row of pines, pull the cart out, and it's just a high traffic area that deer are crossing the road at. And so I don't think that we are alerting deer in in terms of on the property, but we are certainly leaving our scent like at this primary deer highway, right, of going on and off the property. I don't know if it's ever um, caused any deer to not come through. It certainly doesn't seem like it when you see the activity going through there, but I wonder what your guys' setup is.
2: So we, I mean, I went back there last week mainly because I wanted to move one of the cameras and I wanted to move my cell camera to a different spot. Um, I guess we've been in there the last couple of weeks because you went back in there and put some cameras up a week prior, yeah. um, and and checked them. Um, and then while I was in the woods, and I had the four wheeler back in the woods, and I was moving cameras around, you know, I went I went around and checked them all. Thank God I did because they weren't working, but. Um, besides that, like I probably would I don't check them really unless I'm going out to hunt. Oh, okay. And like, I, I'm not planning on, I guess I don't know. Cause part of me is like, yeah, I don't want to cause that much commotion. But the other part is like the, the guy who owns this property, you know, he's a horse farmer and he's all the time he's walking his dog and his horses around there. So like they're already seeing natural You know, they're they're probably used to him by now, and they're natural, like, the scent of the horse, the scent of the dog. I don't know that they would even really mess it up because of that situation. Now, if it's up north, deer up north are crazy skittish. Like, we've seen it. We go up there, and we hunt for two or three days, and it shuts that whole woods down because we're going in and out of there. And all of a sudden, like, we'll have all kinds of pictures on our cameras, and then all of a sudden we show up, and they're gone. and. I feel like Bob and I do a pretty good job with scent control. We've got scent control bags. We wash all our shit. Like, there's times yeah. we keep our bags in the truck so they don't get, like, smoke smell from the wood stove. And, like, we're yeah. changing outside. Like, we'd probably go overboard. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like we do a pretty good job with scent control, too. We spray our boots down and stuff before we walk in. But I we've seen it where it shuts down after us being in the woods for a couple days. And that's literally just us walking in and out to our tree stand. That's not us doing anything, cutting down anything. So yeah. I'm probably more on the side of like ease in as best you can. Like, So I'm probably not going to like every week be checking all these cameras. I might like one day I'm going to hunt this stand and I'll check whatever cameras are on that side of the, of the yeah. field. And then if I'm not seeing what I like, then I'll go to the other side where we've got – you know, three or four other cameras, and I'll check those kind of on my way out, give myself more time. That that would be my thought. What are you
1: thinking? Yeah, same thing. The uh, the deeper, you know, like the deep ones, like the the cameras that you have that are way off the beaten path type thing, um, those, like I position that cell cam there so I yeah. don't ever have to touch it. Yeah. And um, that's why I wanted to put the cell cam kind of deeper in the woods and and the ones that are on the main trail that's it's obviously more traveled so um you know I don't have a problem with checking those but again I won't check them I probably will not check them again until I'm actually hunting in the same same exact thing I'm only going to check any cameras that are in my immediate vicinity I'm not going to go tromping yeah. through the whole property checking all cameras
2: Well the good thing page, is you've I'm got hunting. your cell cam on one side of the property I've got mine on the other side of the property so with cell cameras we've got everything covered i think that's really that's where it comes it's worth that ten dollar a month or fifteen dollar a month cell plan for a couple months you can stay the hell out of the woods i think that to me it's worth it i'll i'll spend fifteen dollars a month on something stupid anyway so fishing lures or whatever not that they're stupid, but... But, but yeah, I'm... I'm and I, I want to get another one.
1: I'm not going to check them unless I'm hunting, and if I'm hunting, you know, I'm at least... I'm, I've am i gone through all the, the process of trying to, you know, you know, spray down for scent and stuff like that and, and clean all my gear and that kind of thing, and I'm sneaking in and out, and I'm in camouflage so the deer can't see me. They can't really... Well, they, they can still smell you. You're never going to be completely scent-free, but... And I'm being as quiet as possible when I'm doing that so that, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those extra things, one of those extra steps that you take just to try to make sure that you want to see what's on the camera, but at the same time, is it worth it? You know, like, is it worth going busting brush over here to check this one camera? Nah, I wouldn't have said until I decide to hunt that stand or something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, same thing. Yeah.
2: Jason, any other comments on trail cams?
0: Um, no, we covered some good points just now and we did touch base on it before talking a little bit about brands and things. One thing, I don't remember if I asked you guys this before, when we are up there because we have two of those cameras that are, I mean, very, very easy access. We will, if we're hunting this weekend, we know we're going to be back for next weekend. We'll change it to take a short video clip instead of a picture. I don't remember if I brought that up, but that's just kind of fun as something, it's kind of cool that when you do get a nice buck walking around, it's fun to watch him for, yeah. like, the 10 seconds clip that you get. So yeah.
2: See, I've never even tried that feature. and Maybe I should this, this year just, just for the hell of it. That would yeah. be cool. But, um, yeah. Um, so as far as brand goes, we talked about it last week. I'm a huge fan of the Bushnell uh, camera that I got. That's the most recent one I got, but otherwise I've been a wild game guy. Bob is a stealth fan. I think all your shit's stealth now, right? Yeah. every one of them. So, I mean, there's a lot of good cameras on the market. Um, I've, run in, I've run into issues
1: when I'm running different cameras with, like, the formatting of the cards yes. and things like that. Yeah. You know, like, I, so I have a That stealth. might
2: have been some of our issue. Like, maybe some cards got swapped out and one was from a wild game and the other one was from a stealth or something and it didn't because you got to reformat it every time so
1: yeah so i have i have a stealth cam reader too so like i have a like a small like reader that i can like plug the cards into and i can look kind of look through the pictures right there on the spot and uh, that's actually that's made by Stealth Cam too so I know that it's compatible with it yeah. and I can format the cards so when I'm formatting the cards I don't know if it's doing some kind of different digital signature on it or whatever than the yeah. you know with the Stealth cams, but I know that on my cameras all the Stealth cameras that I run that it's it's all going to be compatible it's all going to work yeah. so yeah. that's just why I, kind of why I, I don't like to stick to one thing yeah. it, it, it works for me I don't have anything bad to say about them you know yeah.
2: Yeah, um, the one thing I was gonna say to you, Jason, as far as like you you guys leave cameras up all year long. What? Do you want a beer? Uh, I'm good right now. I mean, if you're gonna bring them down, uh, yeah. Um, no, what I was gonna say is, uh, as far as putting cameras up all year long, I've thought about it. Especially, I wouldn't do a cell camera all year long because that's just un- unnecessary. But just to leave a camera up because to take eight batteries and that shit lasts for like six months but i guess what i've always thought is like the deer lose their horns so what am i looking at just looking at a bunch of of baldies walking by yeah but but if you if you want to use them to to look at patterns that's probably the best way of doing it because you can track their patterns all year long right like because i've only had them up there for a month tough to get a kind of a pattern down for a month so you you watch these hunting shows and stuff and they run cameras all year long they watch these these deer grow throughout the year they watch what time these these bucks or these does are, are religiously walking down these trails over the course of of a six-month time span what that's how they're really patterning is so now the more that i think about it, after you said that i'm like i i think i'm gonna leave out my regular cameras this year at least on some of the main trails yeah. And just kind of see, and, and and again, leave them up for four months. Go swap out the batteries, and and just kind of keep a file of the uh, all the pictures, and 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 go through and start patterning them a little bit better. So,
0: I would say, like you said, what do you see over the course of the year? Well, so when the season ends, and the check, you know, we're we're looking at January, February, March. So the deer start to drop their antlers, number one. Number two, you're kind of taking inventory of who survived. Yes. At least yeah. the hunting, right? Yeah. You're like, hey, there's still a couple of targets yeah. out there, right? Yeah. But we actually... Um, that buck we I missed had, didn't die. <laughs> yeah. We've had some bucks keep their antlers over there. Um, I would have to look back because I, I think I might have the picture saved to my computer. But we have seen bucks with their antlers up into March and even the beginning of April. There was an eight point where there's antlers the snow had come and gone and he That's still insane. had his antlers yeah crazy. crazy um but then there's you know periodically there's other cool stuff fox walk by yeah. turkeys i've stuff had a like lot that, of but... turkey
2: this year i might get yeah. my turkey tag for washington county next year and just sit behind my parents go. house because i've had a ton of turkey pictures yeah um the other thing i thought like again as i kind of as, t- as we're talking about this like how cool would that be if like eventually we do shoot a big nine, ten point, right? And you had all these pictures, you could watch this deer grow. You know, like if, yeah. if you could figure out like this was this was this deer when, when he was first growing, and yeah. then in in July and then in August and you can kind of watch him grow, like put put that like whole thing together, like I think that would be really cool. We
0: we haven't been able to put the whole puzzle together like that, but there have been in the last few years, there was a year where we saw a buck with somewhat defining features and it was like okay he lives around here we see him on a bunch of the cameras all the time and then i ended up shooting him so that was kind of cool like you recognize it a little bit and then there was a couple of years where we had a buck So we were kind of going to the mainstream TV shows, but we started to get some bucks that we had names for and they had little stories behind them. And one of them was called the mailman. And it was this (laughs) wide eight point with some cool little sticker points. it was a, a a unique buck. My brother saw it one time and that's how it got its nickname. Then we saw it a few times on the camera and it was like, it just kept you fired up. Like I'm going to see the mailman. I'm going to see the mailman. And and he, he was there. He was there two years and we haven't seen him since.
2: But. Well, how, yeah, how cool would that be if, like, Bob Bob's Bucky shot, if we had pictures yeah. from him from the previous year, yeah. you know, defining features where you could tell it was him? You know, like, how cool would that be? But
0: We had a buck. Um, so the two the two named bucks, if you will, that, that we've had were the mailman, which Jacob saw it out in one of those switchgrass fields in the early afternoon making a scrape, and he's on his way to his stand, and he said, hey, I'm going out to such and such a spot. And I go, seems like it's kind of late in the day. And he goes, oh, no, I'm good. And my next message from him is he sees this huge buck making a scrape in one of those switchgrass fields, and he's watching it, and he should be in a stand right now, and a guy comes comes out to get his mail from the mailbox and he shuts the mailbox and the thing clinks and the deer runs off so we called that one the mailman nice. Nice. <laughs> and then we had a buck uh, just another quick story so you know our dog Stevie his tongue hangs out all the time mm-hmm. you, maybe you've seen the pictures yeah. there was a buck that was a little eight point and then he became a ten point he wasn't a giant but he he was a ten point and the deer's tongue. We had multiple pictures of him and his tongue hung out all the time. Hmm. And Jacob actually saw him once while he was hunting. And there was another one that was kinda cool. So did
2: you. you name him Stevie?
0: Yeah. It was named Stevie. <laughs> and I said I said, if I shoot the deer, I'm getting it mounted with its tongue out. And we oh haven't seen him either. But he was hanging around for a couple of years too, but you know, probably died from some weapon.
2: We we haven't really named too many. Last year we named that big one Straws. Stra- for monstrosity monstrosity we named him straw it's cool big, to
0: do man. stuff he like was, that yeah, i think yeah
2: it just that changes it up a little bit like yeah. i said i i love cameras because they motivate me i mean they can also demotivate you when you're not oh. getting anything but um more th- more often than not there's deer in very rarely have we ever not had deer pictures of anything right like you put a camera up on the trail like you're always see deer are always moving at night if anything you're seeing them at night yeah, like so it's gonna be like, yeah. all right cool there's some deer but every now and then you get that nice buck and you're like oh or i mean last year i dedicated a lot of time in the woods to straws yeah. a lot of time in the woods like i i mean the month of october i hunted two three times every week which is a lot working you know like that's more than I've hunted over the years. Years past, it was like once a week if I could get out. Like that that was my goals once a week. Well, it was two, three times, maybe even more I was getting out in the month of October. And then even in the rut and like just never, never worked out. But whatever. All right. So, all right. A couple other things we'll get into and then um, Bob's going to tell tell a fun story. I am. You are. Okay. You didn't know it, but you are.
1: There's, there's another buck right there, but I don't. He's smaller. I don't know what he is.
2: That's on your cell cam. Yeah,
1: I got that the other day. I'd eat it. I'm getting. I'm getting like almost every every day or every other day. I'm I'm picking up a buck. Whether it be, I've got a couple small six points. I've got a couple. I've got that they'll, nine. They'll that, start that moving big, them that bigger more. nine that was in velvet. Yeah. And then I've got that one that that one that dark picture that I showed you looks. Like that, he'd be a good aid or something like that. But there's there's quite a few bucks moving
2: back there and kind of regularly. So, get them mostly in the morning. We, we, we got to get a tree stand up in the woods. I got a climber, I can go anywhere. I might have to get me a climber. Yeah, right. Get a saddle. Saddle. Oh my God. <laughs> it just seems dangerous. All right. So, scrapes, rubs, sign. What are we looking for? So, For me, I mean, I, I don't really look for much sign this time of year besides runs and stuff. Um, I mean, you'll see rubs because they're rubbing the velvet off. I mean, you don't haven't seen any recent velvet pictures, have you?
1: No, everything that I've seen has been hard. Yeah, so so.
2: I mean, they should have already rubbed. So I mean, for our, our, it just
1: happened within like the last week too because I got a picture of a buck two weeks ago in velvet. (coughs) and then i've got not the same buck but i've got other bucks that are not in
2: velvet yeah
1: this week so it's like it just they they are shedding velvet right yeah. now is what
2: i believe yeah so. so i mean the rubs right now i mean do you think rubs are really telling a story of where the bucks hanging out no i don't think
1: so i think they're i think i think rubs are a, they're a, they're a signposts that's what yeah. it is. It, it's during steer, it's steer communication, but it doesn't happen a lot more until like the testosterone kicks up in right. the bucks, right? And they start. I mean, now any rubs, you're seeing is just territory.
2: because they're rubbing the velvet off. So it's not really.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't ever almost. I don't know that I can even recall seeing a, a September rub. It's, it's I've normally, seen, it's I've normally there, like second week in October's. Like, it's, it just well, it's gets, not going
2: to be the type of rub that you're used to seeing, like in during the rud. And in the month of October, right, all of a sudden, shredded trees exactly yeah. like last year. I don't know if it was straws or another buck, but I mean, we had pine trees that were pretty good sized pine trees that were just raked. And I'm like, holy have, shit! Have, yeah,
0: have you ever taken like a shed antler or something and tried to rub a tree?
2: Dude, it takes a lot of force,
1: man, yeah. to do what they do. When, like they're putting a lot when of pressure you, yeah, on the tree. when
0: you see them literally shred the bark and the hardwood of the tree, it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blow. It looks like you took a chainsaw and like rubbed it on the thing. Just yeah. shred it.
2: Yeah, it's it's nuts. The force that they have, like, yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, right now talking prep. I don't know that I'm really looking for anything like that. I don't think you're gonna see any scrapes or anything. Right. No, I don't think I know guys that like I've I've heard people use them like throughout the summer. They'll do like scrapes, not with the Ting sixty nine or anything like that, but just um like just regular docent. But I don't really know, like you never see scrapes. So what's the point of doing it? Like to let no let not early. Yeah, not early. Like I and I don't know that goes into my next topic of of scrapes in general. Like, have you ever had any success with them? I've never had any, any luck hunting before. off of scrapes, like real hunting, scrapes or hunting off. Mock, well, mock no, I'm talking mock scrapes. Uh, that means creating your own, so, your own scrape in the area or, or maybe around where there's other scrapes and I've had using s- those fake scents or, or I guess they're real scents, but the bottled up, uh, um, the, the dough yum, yums that we just talked about. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I've had zero success, like, with lures, right? So any kind of a, fishing lures, well, no wonder. Oh, we're, we're, ta- ta- we're, we're talking and, hunting. Any bro. kind of like attractant, I've had, well, I've had zero success in in using tinks, anything, yeah. right? But I still use, like, I still use, I bring, I always buy the aerosol cans because I like to use them as kind of like a cover scent and it just makes me feel fun. Spray them up,
2: up upwind. It's the best. Right. Like,
1: I spray, I spray the tree around me. true cover scent. It covers you. It's got to smell better to a deer. It's got to smell better than me. So, I, that's the only reason I use it. I've never really had anything like come in on it, but I have made mock scrapes and I do have pictures of deer using those mock scrapes. I did it last year.
2: See, I wonder, I've, I've wondered since we, cause we've used those aerosol sprays for years now. And I almost wonder if that's just like too much scent in the woods. Like it all of a sudden, like a girl
0: they, with like a girl with too much perfume. on.
2: Exactly. Like all of a sudden, the lady comes walking down the aisle with way too much perfume and you're like, Oh shit. I have
1: had I've <laughs> I have had deer come in, like does and things like that, and they'll put their nose in the air and they're like, What the hell is that? Like yeah.
2: Man, that's, somebody man,
1: somebody's that, stanky up in here. But they yeah. but they don't spook on that it. That girl's stanky. They don't they don't spook. <laughs> like they'll put their nose in the air and they can smell it for yeah. sure, but they don't but they it, don't necessarily spook off it. So that's why i ever kind had of a, a proponent buck, of that.
2: Have you ever had a buck come into
1: I've, that you know i've heard the stories of like you know using drags and things like that and like a buck following the trail and stuff like that that i've, so, I've i so don't I, so I, mean, I will tell that story i may or may
2: not i have that have story had seen deer like that so but this I is a long time so. ago out of the same stand that you shot your buck out of you know that trail we used to walk in i had a deer drag the snowmobile trail yeah i had a deer drag and had never used them before and uh well, a scent drag, I guess, is what I should say. So it was a scent drag that you tied off to your ankle, and it had like a maybe a two foot piece of string with one of those scent wicks on it. Yeah. And then you dip that into the bottle of dopis, and then you just, as you walk, you just drag it behind you. I think it was longer than two feet because I wasn't like tripping over or anything. So I put it on like at the edge of the field, and then walked all the way back. And got into the stand, and I remember just like, I think it was just clipped to your pants, remember? It had like an alligator clip, and you just clipped it to your pants. It was really easy to take on and off. And I left it at the bottom of the tree, got up in the stand, sat down, and I wasn't even situated. And I looked to my left, and there, all of a sudden I see horns coming down the trail. I just walked in. And it wasn't much. It was like a six-point or something, but it was just nose down. It wasn't trotting, but it was like walking at a fast pace, and it followed that literally knows to my exact path got to about 10 feet from me and it just stopped and looked right up at me
1: so you're a believer
2: i that's the only time that's ever you're a believer ever happened was that
1: you you have to have something like that happen in order to believe yeah. it you know now and, i've tried them ever i've
2: i've tried the I've mock scrapes really and stuff and successful. i've never had th- those work i've literally set up mock scrapes i put cameras on them i've gone back and checked them like pretty regularly um not every day. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's part of it. You need to be on it every day. Um, and I've never had a picture of a single deer checking it.
1: I have. I, I did last year. And I, I think the branch, like the licking branch above, mm-hmm. is is really important. If you don't have a licking branch in there, they're not going to touch you. You can't just clear ground. it. I have
2: there. heard that those those ones, those drippers, those are good if you use those like for a long time.
0: Yeah, like I've used. Those. You
2: set those up in like July and because the, when those get hot when the sun hits them they
3: yeah
1: they, they just start they dripping
2: expand, yeah. yeah so you just kind of create this they natural stop it,
1: they stop doing it at night because of that you know? right
2: right but i've heard that if you if you in those bottles they I think they last like 2 3 weeks you just use like the normal like dough number 1 or whatever it's not like the in rut stuff no, just, it'll create like a natural like spot for deer to be checking in and they, then you switch it to t- 69 I, that's what I've heard, but I've never used it. I actually bought one last year, but it, I bought it after the season, so the, I'll probably put it up here pretty soon. It's a, I think it's a different brand. I don't think it's not. I
1: don't think it's made by Tinks. It's like Golden Estrus or something like that, and and it comes in a pack. Mm-hmm. Like you get the dripper with it, yeah. and you get a bottle of the stuff with it, and then it tells you exactly how to use it. I've used them. I used them up north and things yeah. like that. I've never seen anything on it, but yeah. I, again, it, it kind of makes me uh, sleep well at night, thinking that I'm doing the right thing or that I'm using this right attractant or whatever, but, yeah. and I still use them. I still buy them and things like that. Cause anything that can give me an edge over a whitetail, I'll try it. But the the biggest thing I'm trying to beat out of whitetail is not, I'm not trying to fool them to think that like, you know, like all the deer, all the does are in estrus right in front of my stand. What I'm trying to do is just try to beat their nose and trying to catch them in patterns. That's right. just trying to catch them moving from point A to point B and just, you know, wait, like. I have I have a couple buddies that like they they like to hunt early in the season and then they're just ready for deer they're ready for a gun and I'm like guns too late it's it's way too late I'm like gun is fun because it's like it's deer camp mm-hmm. you know that's it I, the only reason I like to gun hunt is because of deer camp but like otherwise it, it's too late for me as far as like you've got to be in the woods at the the first of November through the 10th of November. That's where it's hot, man. I've seen yeah. some weird stuff, some crazy stuff. Like I've been in the stand and just seen deer doing some of the most wild shit you have ever seen. And just all of a sudden, there's a, a giant buck just come trotting down the yeah. trail, and not even fast enough, or you know, I mean, too fast for you to be able to get position and, and to be able to get a shot on him. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Just, yeah. and, and I've seen deer running. Just mm-hmm. back and forth and just doing crazy stuff and you're like, What the hell is going on? Yeah. And you know what's on at that point. And like I've had one morning where I don't see anything. Not a single deer moving in the woods. And then the next day, it's like every buck in that woods is in your in your area. Yeah. And you're like, What the hell is going on here? Yeah. I've seen some crazy stuff, man. Stars Over the years. Line. I've been hunting I've been hunting since I was twelve years old. And I'm forty now, so I've been doing this for a solid almost 30 years and i've seen some crazy things in the woods and if i have to give 10 days that i'm going to dedicate to a hunting season it's going to be november 1st or november 10th it's just and it could be any day any day could it could just blow up and some days are better than others you i mean you even you're even in even november 1st or 2nd you might be like in the lull still you know that end of october yeah. type period where you don't see a lot and it's just like really kind of slow but then november 3rd it just it turns on like that and you're like it's game on dude and it's yeah. some of the best hunting and funnest things i've ever experienced in the woods gun hunting yeah you're gonna catch a few bucks moving here and there like that are yeah. still trying to chase that last doe that's in estrus but for the most part like you've missed it at that point that's why i think michigan does it a little bit wrong if they're doing it from a management perspective like they want to kill more deer yeah you're you're you're, you need to have you need to open up but you need to open up you know gone on like november 8th i don't know if they're ever going to do that you know that that would be money you know but in the same respect i like to be in the tree stand with a bow in my hand during that time period it just adds that that let's let's not
2: encourage that because then we can us bow hunters can get in the woods before.
1: I think everybody who's like all the, the everybody who hunts here. a lot, everybody who hunts a lot knows that. Especially like bow hunters, that like that beginning yeah. of October or beginning yeah. of November. I mean, like that. See, that's why I'm not like.
2: That's why I'm not like too like. Eh, I don't, if I don't get out October first, I don't get out October first. I'll be out as soon as I possibly can. Like, depending on work schedule or whatever. Like, I'll be out in the woods, but I'm not worried about like October first. Never been a big thing for me because it's it's hot. It's not like the rut, like they're on their, just their natural patterns, which is, can be cool. It can be good hunting, but yeah, I'm not too worried about it. But. Even,
1: even that beginning of November time frame that I'm talking about can be hit and miss based on weather. Yeah. If you get a, you get a, just a warm period for like a couple of days where it's like 70, it could still be 70 degrees November 1st. And you're like. You know, well, and it's going to shut shit down.
2: Then let me recommend the DeerCast app for you.
1: Oh, gee, oh my god, that <laughs> garbage! And then like so, like but then come November third, all of a sudden you get like it's thirty degrees in the morning. Yeah, you better be in the woods, son, because it's about to turn on in a way that you wouldn't believe. And I've told well, I told buddies you, that- you think that though, and then you sit in the woods and then you don't see a a damn uh, thing. I've told buddies of mine like, this this stuff. I'm like, I'm I'm giving you the keys of the castle here. Like, e, this is when you need to be in the
2: woods. And they're like, eh, I'm going to go out for gun yeah. season. I'm like, eh, good luck. J- Jason, did you download good that app, the DeerCast app?
0: Oh, I have it.
2: And what are your thoughts oh, yeah. on it? Flip a coin. It's, it's, it's literally as good as all the fishing apps saying, oh, today's yeah. going to be 100% you, you, fishing. You, you might as well lick your finger and hold it up in the air. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Today's a great day, <laughs> yeah.
1: great day to be in the woods. I, I like mean,
2: it. I understand the concept because it, 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 it factors in barometric other. pressure with, with the, the forecast and weather conditions and and the timing of the year. And I, I get it. But I hunted very hard last year during hunt, hunting the straws in some days where it said excellent, 100%. And I'm like, this is it. This is the night. And I sit there and I don't see a thing. And I'm like... I hate you, DeerCast. I hate you. I'm sure it works. I'm sure, like it. There's, there's something to it. I'm sure, but I just, it's gimmicky.
1: the it the, the only good thing about DeerCast is that you have access to all those hunting videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it, it is an entertaining app, <laughs> yeah, for that yeah. reason. But, it, but as far as like a predictor for like deer activity, like yeah. I, I give it a solid well, thumbs it, it, down. I mean,
2: it, it might be good. I mean, I just started using it really, I guess, last year, but I don't know. Jason, any comments on the, the scrapes or rubs or anything like that?
0: You know, thinking back to that property, primarily where we've hunted in the thumb there and where we've set up stands has been traditionally in high traffic areas. You know, we started out with just a couple of stands and you might say, oh, well, I see deer over here. So I'm going to move a stand over here, whatever. So we've had the success we've had from setting up in just high traffic areas and it's manifested into deer. And then the other, I guess the flip side of that is my brother's had success. He has a stand that's literally in the furthest corner away from the camper. It's as far away as he can get. And he goes there opening day at gun season and he sat there four or five times opening day. And he shoots an eight point every year that he sits there opening day within the first two hours. Um, And I think it's, in that particular instance, that stand is so far away. So you take the, the one square mile section, which is, I think a square mile is 640, 640 acres. And 160 is a quarter of that. And his stand is like the middle of that section, right? It's as far away as you can get from all of the other points. And so I think that throughout the first month and a half of the season, as people are hunting, the deer maybe tend to get into the middle of that section away from everybody. And he has success here because he doesn't go to that. He won't go to that particular stand until November 15th. And he goes there and he sets up and he shoots an eight point in an hour. Yeah. Every year.
1: Pressure plays a huge, huge part in your whole deer season. And if you're hunting the same stand day in, day out type thing, like it's going to turn off at some point. The deer are not dumb. Like they live there. They live there. That is their environment. You were walking into their house. Yeah. And, and they're going to know you're there regardless of whether, how well you send control or camouflage or whatever you do. Like, they're going to know that something's up. And they will just avoid it. And You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're just going to not travel that area. They'll f- pick secondary routes or whatever they're going to do. And we've seen this year after year when we hunt up in Onaway. And uh, one of the big things that I've kind of pressed to Ryan this year, because I'm going to have some time off kind of, prior to the gun season and I have the whole week of the gun season off and Ryan's like when do you want to go and I'm like we're going up Sunday like it opens on a Tuesday we're going up on Sunday like I don't want to go I, but I have that Thursday prior off and on so I'm like I don't want to go up there and go bull hunt and bust my stand for, for gun hunting like I want to leave that completely as quiet as possible and just go in there fresh and be able to like just you know ambush them if possible because I think if we we've done it year after year like every year like just the way our schedules work out is that like we have a few days off prior to the gun season and then we can gun hunt for a couple days but we can bow hunt for like four days prior so we'll bow hunt those four days and we either see something kill something or we don't but come gun season we don't see shit you know we are like all right, you know it's, it's a different feeling you know, like you've 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 bow hunted hard for a full month and you put that bow in the case and you're like, all right, I got the gun in the hand. If I can see it, I can kill it. I'm excited for this. This is good. I can't wait for this. And then you don't see shit for a few days yeah. and you're like, all right, god damn it, you know? It, and so like, I think that that's our biggest issue up there is that like, I don't want to bust that spot. I won't hunt, especially like the area that I want to hunt, like I'm like, I would love to go back and check it out and like, be able to like come up with a good game plan for opening day cuz that's the only time I really want to hunt that other than like we want to go do a boat trip and that's cool and we'll do our boat trip but like when it comes to gun like I'm primarily I don't want to touch that like I'll go hunt state land or something like that just to just to not breach that area when I go to gun hunting cuz I want to I want to give it a, the as best of a shot as I can yeah. given the fact that I have a little bit of time off this year for for gun season but it's the same kind of the same way for our property that we hunt down here like we tend in the last couple years we've been kind of limited in the area that we can hunt on this particular 21 acres so we had a really small area that we could hunt like it was not we didn't have access to that full 20 acres so we're literally hunting about 10 acres if that and so like we were we were pounding the same stand me and him were hunting out of the same stand so it was like very much like so we're putting a ton of pressure on this and eventually it's going to shut down. It's just going to be, go quiet. And I think that that's the biggest thing that you can do is play the win, you know, and, and, you know, mix up your stands where you're going to be hunting. If you have the, uh, the ability to hunt different stands and things like that. If you have a small piece, you know, five acres, you can kill a lot of deer on five acres, you know, if you have five acres and that's all you can hunt, like, Just be weary of how often you're accessing it, how you're accessing it. Like, I think access, and I think that's more important than all the other shit combined, honestly.
2: All right, so let's get into some tree stand prep. Because
1: now I know the goddamn story that you want to (laughs) tell, or you want me
2: to tell. Um so most of us are hunting out of out of a tree stand. I know you, I mean you can hunt out of a ground blind. I've done it. Um we have a ground blind set up because if it's raining I'm going to go sit in that fucking thing. Um but for most part, bow season, we're talking tree stands. I think probably 90% of people are going to be hunting out of a tree stand for bow. So I think for First comes first is, is safety, right, Bob? It's <laughs> a thing. Yeah. You should probably do safety that. is like the first thing when it comes to setting up a tree stand. You should probably do safety. What? You should probably do safety. That's you should do it.
1: the safety. You should do the safety. You it's should a, do it's a the good safety. Thing to do. Yeah.
2: So, Bob's going to tell a story of what not to do when you're setting up a tree stand or trying to take down a different tree stand. Uh, Yeah. So, I'm a dum-dum. And. Uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know what was going through my mind on this day, but it like that. And that's the thing about tree sands is that things happen very fast. When you elevate yourself off the ground, when you get off of, uh, you know, planet earth and you, you start to climb upward, like shit can get real weird real quick. And in this particular case, I was, um, we were out on our property and, um, the, kind of the access had changed a little bit. Like who could hunt this property and who couldn't and things like that. And like, we, I was, we had found a tree stand on our property and it was in a really, really good spot. And I was like, I really like this spot. And I want to hang a tree stand here. But this other dude had a tree stand there and they're not able to hunt this property anymore. So I climbed up in the tree stand and or I didn't get up in the tree stand cuz climbed the ladder and this thing's a solid 30 feet in the air like it's up there jeez yeah it's it's way up there man so i'm like i'm it's cli- stupid high it's stupid high so like, i cli- i climbed up there and i'm wearing my harness I, I i always wear my my tree stand harness when i'm working on tree stand so that i can i can secure myself to something you know at some point point. and um i got up you know i'm climbing this it was a ladder stick that went up to a hang-on tree stand and i got up there and um i had messaged a dude like that that hunts that area and i said you need to get your tree stands out of here and he was like okay yeah well a few weeks went by and i was like we found that tree stand i was like all right he didn't get out of here i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna get rid of it so I, I climbed up in it, one, just to check it out, just to kind of look over the area. And I as I got uh, I got up in the tree stand, I'm like, I'm already up there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to – and it's ratchet strap. They're like The way it was set up was goofy as fuck, too. Like I don't know who sets the tree stand the way that they did, but they did it a certain way. And I'm like, I'm going to get rid of this tree stand while I'm here. And they had a couple of ratchet straps on it, and it was like, it was like some podunk bullshit. Like it, this was like some real hillbilly shit. Like it wasn't like – you know, like, normal hang-on stands have, like, a place to attack. Well, it was, like, it looked like they welded this shit together and made it out of, like, some old, I don't, I don't know. It was it was a total piece of shit stand and hung up by a couple, you know, rickety-ass ratchet straps. And I was, like, as I got up there and I got closer to it, I'm, like, I can get rid of this thing real quick. And um, so I, I pulled my knife out of my pocket, and I knew that, like, it was grown into the tree a little bit. There was no way I was going to get these ratchet straps to move. I think I maybe I loosened one of the ratchet straps, and it was like there was no way it was coming off. This it, it was, like, rusted to shit, and it was just all bound up and just junk. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to cut it off. So I pulled my knife out, and I cut the – I think I cut the bottom strap first. And I cut that bottom strap, and the, in the meantime, I had – I had clipped into the ladder stick itself. So I took my, you know, I'm wearing a, I wear a hunter safety system. So I, you know, I took that, you know, that carabiner and I clipped it onto the the ladder stick itself just so that I, if I fall for some reason, I'm at least going to hang from this, you know, the, the ladder stick itself. So I cut the bottom strap and I had to reposition after I cut the bottom strap in order for me to cut the top. I had to reposition so that I could like catch a stand once it like, was loose and when I repositioned like I had this knife it was a brand new knife dude it was a brand new and, and sharp as fuck and uh and I like switched hands and when I switched hands I I like moved my other hand and I connected them and I wound up stabbing myself in my middle finger on my left hand and I felt it real quick and I was like oh fuck that hurt and I'm like I looked down at it and I was just it was just like blood pouring out of it. And I'm like, Oh, that I, I hit myself pretty good. Oh, damn. You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here at like 27 feet in the air, you know, right below the stand. And I'm clipped hey, Ryan, in. You want
0: to practice blood trailing? Oh, and,
1: and I was like, and I looked down at, I looked down at Ryan and he was down kind of below me and like kind of right behind me. And I, and I threw the knife down and I threw the knife down so that I knew it wouldn't hit him. <laughs> And, um, it's stuck right in the ground. And then I was like, all right, I got to get down. And it's like, at this point, like it's covered my arm. It's pouring down my elbow and it's so, like, it's, it's coming out, so, dude. So I'm let like, me,
2: let me give my perspective at this moment. So I was down by the four wheeler. We were getting ready to put up another stand kind of in that area. That was our whole point. We drug a stand out there. So I'm getting that set up and moving it around. He says he cuts himself and I don't think anything of it. I'm like, Okay. And all of a sudden, like I out of the corner of my eye, I see him starting to come down. And I look over and he's got his hand up on like the top rung and his body's coming down, the hand that's cut. So all I see is like his whole arm exposed and it's just his whole arm's covered in blood. Just and I'm like, Oh shit. So I literally I just like start grabbing the stand and just start moving shit out of the way and I grabbed the four-wheeler because I was like, All right, we gotta get out of here. I know like at that point it's bad <laughs> yeah and so
1: yeah i was so i was still clipped in and i was i threw that knife down and as i'm coming back down i realized i'm still clipped in because i can't go any further i'm like fuck so i had to climb back up i climbed back up unclipped myself and then i came all the way down the ladder and um uh, he was like he said something to the effect of like how bad is it and i'm like eh, it's, yeah i got myself pretty good and he looked at it and he's like oh shit <laughs> I was like, like, yeah. I was like,
2: get on the four-wheeler.
1: He's like, yeah, we got to go. I was like, hold on a second. And I, like, took my backpack off. I took my backpack off, and I realized how bad I was bleeding. And I was like – and so I took my shirt off. I had, like, a long-sleeve, like, camouflage shirt on. And I took my shirt off, and um, I, wrapped, I wrapped it as, tight, as tightly around that finger as I could – and, and then kind of grabbed my shit and stuff like that. I'm like, all right. And I jumped out of the back of the four-wheeler and, and then he drove up there and we drove up there and I got to, you know, walk in the house and I walk in my mom's kitchen sink and I'm sitting here washing this wound out. And my mom's like, what, what'd you do? And she comes over and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Yeah. Your typical mom reaction. I poked myself. And then and I poked uh, myself. I poked myself. Well, I, I don't know what happened. I think I hit a vein or something like that in my finger. And, uh, it, it bled profusely though. Like it was, it was pretty bad. And I took a piece of paper, t- like after I washed it out really good, I took a piece of paper towel and I wrapped it around it. And, uh, I was like, you know, I'm sitting there weighing in my head, like, do I need to go to the hospital for this? And I was like, eh, I'm pretty sure I do. Like it, it, I got myself pretty good. And, uh, so I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna run into the ER
2: real quick. It was a deep cut though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it was, you, I was, bet you went halfway deep.
2: you went halfway through your finger. Man.
1: Yeah, they they put me on antibiotics because they they were afraid that I was gonna get it infected in the bone. But um, they um, so anyway, they uh or uh. At that point, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the hospital. And Ryan's like, you can't drive. I'm going to drive you. And I'm like, ah, I'm good, man. Yeah,
2: and he's like, like no, you're, you've you're,
1: lost you've lost I'm, way too much blood, dude. Like, he's like, I'm going to drive no you. no way I'm letting I'm like, your ass drive. Really? I didn't think so, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So he drove me. He drove me. It was funny when I walked into the ER and I walk in and, uh, you know, the little re- the receptionist girl was like, you know, what are you here to see us for today? And I'm like, I cut myself. And she's like, "Oh, okay." And she's like, typing on her computer, and she like looks up, and I like I show her this blood soaked rag <laughs> sitting on my finger, and she's like, "Oh, oh, oh, okay." You know, and and the dude, I've never been in and out of the ER so fast in my life. Like they got me, they got me right back there, and they were like, and then they had some medical students stitch me up. Like it was, it was, it was cool. Like I got, a, like they numbed me cool. up and stuff. It was, it was, it was cool at that point. Like once they they stitched me up and stuff, and like I was, and I was out of there in an hour. Like I was like, oh man, but what a way to ruin a day. Like yeah, it was terrible. Like such a dumb mistake, and so fast. It happened so fast. I literally, I had a knife in one hand, and I like, I, I wrapped my, I. I wrapped my arm around the the ladder, the, like the 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 ladder stick, and when I did, I moved my other hand to grab yeah, onto the ladder, and when I did, I, I wound up like sticking myself, and I'm like,
2: "What a dumb dumb! You just stabbed yourself, you derp." So that's what you don't do when you're 27 yeah, right. feet up in the air. Don't play with knives.
1: Yeah, if I if I had like any kind of like aversion to blood or something like that, like I could have passed out and been hanging there bleeding out. Oh
3: because <laughs> there I was think, a lot
1: of blood
2: dude, I I like, think, i'm okay with blood i but, think back yeah. about it and like <laughs> what would have happened if like you're 30 feet up in the air hanging off from your harness what the fuck am i gonna do you're gonna call the fire department yeah be like, hey this <laughs> dude's hanging from a tree uh <laughs> you want me to do Ew. You want me to cut him down <laughs> his knife's still up there <laughs> no my knife was on the ground
1: i made sure i got rid of that knife well, Assured, I, could, I, after carried I stuck that myself up. i i stuck i threw it right down on the ground because i knew that like oh my god there was. I had to get rid of that. Get rid of the sharp shit, and then get down from the tree.
2: So the moral of this this segment of this podcast is: don't be a dumb dumb in a tree stand. But seriously, though, like the safety. I mean, setting up a tree stand, being in a tree, like oh man, you can't stress it enough. You really can't. You read about it. You hear about it every year. Every somebody, year, somebody falling off a tree stand and you
1: yep. and breaking something or or becoming you know.
2: Yep. i i mean for the, the longest time i never wore a harness never and then what it was a couple years ago for christmas you bought me a harness because you're like you're wearing a fucking harness dude he's a big boy man like he's a big boy what what's foot... that got to do with anything he, though because like I,
1: you know he like he, he's, means he's you
0: fall faster no
1: shit <laughs> well he's not all nimbly bimbly like 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 you get up in the tree stand like have a couple beers in the tree stand, or, you, or you're up in the tree stand. I don't st- do that. You're up in the tree stand and you take a nap and you fall out of the motherfucker. It, it only takes, it happens so fast. Like you have no, and you'll, you'll always say, I wish I did. I wish I had, yes. I wish I would have had a harness. You don't want to be saying that. So, like, and he was always like, you know, harnesses, you know, at the time, mean, they were, they were 100 bucks, 120 bucks, I or mean, whatever I've they were. I've never
2: been the guy to, like, I've always used ladder stands. My ass ain't climbing up. A climber or a hang on stand. I don't give a shit what they say the weight rating is. I want something under my feet. I'm sorry, but no, no chance in hell. But even so, at, and even those ladder stands normally only go like 15 feet. So like, granted, yes, you could still fall 15 feet and like get hurt very bad or get killed. Some of these newer ones, these two man stands that we've been using, are like 18 to 20 feet. They're a little bit higher. Well, I I never used a harness either. Like all those years that I, oh, dude, hunted, I've I've watched you climb some shit, and I'm like, what the fuck?
1: I I, I used to be like kind of crazy about it, and I would hunt 20 feet, 25 feet, oh, yeah. and I would hunt without a harness. Like like yeah. that that shit's nuts. And then eventually, I just got to the point where I was like, eh. I'm watching all these like pro hunters and shit on TV, and they're all wearing these hunter safety things, and I'm like, why don't I think about that? And then I started thinking about it, and I was like what's a 100 bucks why not it it, if it gives you a little peace of mind and once i started wearing them it was a game changer because now i can maneuver in the stand i'm not afraid to do it because i'm strapped in i'm locked in if i fall you know it's gonna gonna suspend me it's probably gonna be uncomfortable and i'm probably not gonna i'm probably gonna have a hell of a time trying to get myself back on the stand but at the same time i'm not sitting there you know and not only that but like when you bow hunt you need to be able to lean out you need to be able to maneuver a little bit and if you don't have a harness on like you're you could just straight up fall out of the fucking tree
2: imagine that like jesus it really is a different feeling though when you're when you're in a harness compared to not being in a harness i mean since i've used them last couple years yeah it's, it's just a different feeling you're just more comfortable jason do you guys use them
0: yeah, we've used them ever since we started hunting. Um, you know, Dad just was like, There's no chance. Now I will say that we have some ladder stands that are like fifteen feet. It's like a one and a half man, fifteen feet. And I've been known to not wear it up there. And it's like, okay, when I'm looking around, the the ratchet strap is new, like it's not dry rotted. Unless I take a sailor dive off this thing, like I'm not falling out of it right yeah. but other I, than that yeah i have it
2: i worry about like some of the stands that we've used are old as shit and you worry about the metal you know if it's rusting from the inside and it loses its integrity a little bit like i don't know yeah you never you never know what's going to yeah. happen
1: and, it, and again it happens yeah. so fast when you're yeah. when you take yourself off a of planet earth like you need to have put some kind of safety into yeah. effect because it, yeah. it's you only get one shot at it you know and yeah. You you'd rather so, you'd rather have it than just say hey, so
2: definitely I wish I had safety it. harness for sure. Ratchet straps too, like a lot of these tree stands that give you those stupid ass cinch straps. How they get away with even selling tree stands with a fucking cinch strap is beyond me. Like they should all go to hell. <laughs> Use a ratchet strap anytime. I mean, I think most tree stands don't come with ratchet straps anymore, right? Because usually, we'll buy a tree stand, we'll go buy a two pack of ratchet straps, because they all come. Seems like they come with those stupid cinch straps. So like I want something that's going to sock it to the tree, um, and it's going to hold my
1: ass. Yeah, I, I want my stand to be rock solid. Yep. Like oh, I don't yeah. I, when I when I go to climb into it because when you're transitioning yeah. off a ladder like a stick. Or you're transitioning from from the ladder onto the seat. Like you don't want that ship moving, man. Like I don't know what it nope. is. Maybe it's just me getting older and just a little less
2: confident. No, that's how normal people think. You just come right, you're becoming right. maybe normal. I'm just
1: becoming more mature about it. But when I, when I was young, dude, I used to I used to climb up into tree stands that were literally like some some bullshit we like pounded nails Yeah, they were like two wood by platforms. Yeah, like some bullshit that we built up into a tree. And I the, would sit there with no the a la- like so 12. Remember the ladders
2: that before. dad used to build? There he built ladder stands out of two by fours You get off job sites and yeah. shit, dude. <laughs>
1: That's I, what we
2: used for years. I did that shit as a twelve year old
1: kid
3: mm-hmm.
1: with no harness. Well, granted, back no then we No cell phone. A, we weighed a hundred pounds. <laughs> no cell phone. No nothing. And I did it on my own. Like yeah. dad was back at the house. I was yeah. in the woods. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like I think about that now, and like when my girls go hunting with me, like they wear a harness and. Normally they're with me, like we're sitting in a two-man stand, and yeah. like I'd make sure that like they climb like I'll they climb up, and I make sure that they're they're clipped in and cinched down before I climb up, and like we have a like an order to it. Like there's yeah. a, I I definitely like stress that safety yeah. stuff. Like I said, again, you see it every year, you read about it every year, you yeah. watch it on Michigan Outdoors every year. Like they yeah. usually do some kind of some kind of hunt or something for some disabled hunter who is now wheelchair bound, mm-hmm. and because he fell out of a tree stand or something, I've seen lots of that stuff, and I'm like, yep. man, what a, what a way to change! I mean, for it
2: were, for a literally fifteen dollar set of ratchet straps, yeah, use use some ratchet
1: straps, ratchet straps, or whatever. I always
2: use two. Like usually, you don't, they say only use one. I put one on the top. And then I put one right around the the yeah. too. Again, I want it to be rock solid, man. Yep. And the,
1: uh, you know, like the harnesses that you buy, right? Like every tree stand that you buy comes with like some chintzy harness, which yeah. would work. It'll likely work. But they're a pain in the ass to put on. But, like, if you go out and you spend $100 on a – it's the best $100 you'll ever spend. You spend $100 on, like, a hunter safety system that, like, you can literally put it on. Mine has pockets on it, so I can put my range finder in it. I can
2: put some hand warmers in it. Yeah. I can put some some treats in it, <laughs> you know. Jason, do you guys have those, or do you just use the ones that come with the tree stands, like the cheap ones?
0: No, we um, – Dad and I both have a hunter safety system. Jacob has a Muddy okay. brand. But, to be honest – Okay, so here's another part of safety harness tips. My harness is old. I need a new one. They don't last forever. They You're don't. not. There's like an expiration date on yeah. it, and I've only ever had one for my entire career of hunting, and I know <laughs> that it would not hold my fat ass if I fell out of a tree.
3: Well,
1: there. if you look at them, if you look at that main strap that comes off the back that you actually clip in, it's like a series of like... Yeah, uh, woven it, it, it's sewn and it's meant to bust so it will break and you'll fall like as you fall it'll break and kind of suspend you right so it, it's meant to absorb shock as you come down and it'll, it'll pop as you come down so like you gotta inspect this shit though you gotta like look at that cause that's the main piece of it and if that stuff's starting to fray or if it's starting to wear or you're getting you know you know some of those stitchings are busted like yeah it's probably trying time to trade out a new one i'm probably due for a new one too i've, I've yeah.
0: used mine the, probably the yeah. whole time too so it takes me uh it takes me a couple of weekends to feel comfortable up in the tree each year <laughs> it, it really <laughs> it really yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: it's weird the first couple times you sit for the year you're like oh man this kind of sucks like the tree and, and starts moving think, and like <laughs> and then by the third or fourth time you're like it's just okay I, all right i'm back in the groove
0: I'm sitting there. Yeah, the first couple times I was sitting there and I'm like, so I have to stand up and draw my bow from standing up here? Like, I can't believe I've done that before. <laughs>
1: dude, dude, this happened to me last year. I was I was walking in and when I was walking in, I jumped a deer. And or I had I had I had deer in the area as I was coming in and I jumped I popped a couple deer out. So like I really tried to sneak into the stand and once I got up into the stand, like, I was so, like, in tune. The first thing I did was, you know, I pulled my bow up, got it, you know, got an arrow knocked, got everything ready, and I got, it, I got it hung, and I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting. I think I still had my bow in my hand. It was an hour that I was in the tree stand before I realized I never clipped in. <laughs> I was I was up there, and I just, I didn't, I I was so, like, in tune to the deer and didn't, wasn't thinking about safety at all, and um, here I am just sitting up in the tree yeah. stand. I'm 20 yeah. feet in
2: the air, but. So. I think I made it clear that I'm a ladder, ladder stand guy. Never getting in a climber, never getting in a hang on. Um, and then my, I'm like 18 to 20 feet. That's kind of my max. I'll go 15. I don't really care. I actually just read an article um, a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was Meat Eater. Somebody posted one, but it was, um, talks about tree stand. And it was like tree stand height versus cover and the whole concept was like you don't need to be up 30 feet if you set up your tree stand right and you have decent cover yeah. so yeah i'm good if it's 15 feet i'm good with 10 feet for the longest time i hunted out of a 10 foot tree stand because it just worked for the area that i was in didn't matter so um that's yeah i, I i'm not going over 20 feet jason i was i'm assuming you're a ladder ladder guy.
0: Um, we have some hang-ons, but like you said, when I look through the grate in the thing and it's just nothing, the ground, nothing below, it's a little yeah. nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, I, uh, speaking of how high, one time we a couple of years ago, we put some extra sections on a ladder stand, oh, fuck. and it was a little bit rickety, and it was probably – I think the platform was probably in the neighborhood of 25, and – when you got up there, like you look down and the ladder sections are all kind of bent and messed <laughs> no. up. And I'm like, oh it man, says, I don't know. This is. <laughs> it says right like, on the box, like...
1: do not do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like, I, I think I need another brace section. And we took that one down and made it short again. But um, one year when I was out in school in Wisconsin, uh, I, I hung up a hang on stand and I had 20 feet of ladder sections that that strapped to this tree, not, not a ladder stand. Anyway, I I set up the stand like, man, this is high. Like this looks good. But the thing was I was in a pine tree with, there wasn't a branch around me. It didn't matter. I ended up shooting a deer out of it, but I thought I was so high. And then I realized, okay, so it's a 20 foot section of ladder. I'm six feet tall. And at the top of the ladder was even with my head. And then I would step right onto the platform. Here I thought I was so high in the air, and literally the tree stand was at 14 feet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: My brother yes. my brother has a picture of when he was a kid. Um, he still is is nervous around heights, but he was a kid when he first started hunting, and my dad has a picture of him, and the backdrop is just woods, so you can't tell exactly how high he is. So you see the picture of him sitting there, and it looks like someone took it from like out in front of you, and then he backs up, and it was literally a hang-on.
3: On the ground
0: <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> it was just a like a seat up against a tree, right he just nice. the platform was literally a foot off the ground
2: do you uh do you remember that stand Don had
0: yeah he took a he
2: took a two man stand and I want to say he put like two or three extra sections in it, like you guys did, <laughs> and this thing was ridiculous um I hunted out of it once and and not even that, the ladder was st- like straight up and down. Like it was a bitch oh, getting yeah. up into this thing. And, uh, but I remember being up there and that was way too fucking high for me. And I'm looking down, same thing. Like you look at the ladders and it's like this wave of, looks of like the a ladder. roller coaster. Yeah. Like, I, I like that stand though.
1: Like he, he surrounded it with like this, like bur- a mat. I think. No, it was like a mat material because it was solid. And so it blocked the wind. And it was, Mm -hmm. yeah, it had burlap on the outside, but on the inside it was like carpet or something, (laughs) or like a, like a, it was pretty solid, like a rubber mat or something like that that went around it. And like, so like, it was, it was a pain in the ass to get into, but once you were in it, it was like, man, you were up pretty high. You could see everything. You could see everything. And uh, it didn't block the wind from you. Like, it was a nice stand. I like that. I used to hunt the shit out of this.
2: Way too high, though. He was crazy, though. That was when. Don, this guy he was we, big into doe hunting, or he was in big into bow hunting back then. Yeah, right? Don, a guy we we knew from the UP or still know from UP. He used to uh, he hunted heavily these couple years, and he set up all these tree stands. and that particular one, he set up super high. But I got up there, and he's got a spray bottle like hanging from the tree.
1: Anise.
2: Anise spray. It's a bear attractant spray. That's yeah. what he used to a- use. Attractant. Attractant. Yeah, it's like it smells like anise. It smells like black licorice. Yeah. But it's a bear attractant spray. And that's what he used to use as a cover scent for deer. He'd spray the pine tree that he was in all around him. He'd spray this black anise spray. Stuff good. Fuck that. I'm not spraying it's bear, a bear att- attractant. <laughs> this is the Upper Peninsula where there's a lot of bears. I saw
1: a ton maybe of deer it, in that stand, too.
0: Maybe you that. were confused. Maybe it was his bear hunting stand, and then he also oh. used it for deer. Well,
1: he used to, like, he would. Um, he had a couple guys that lived down state that would come up to bear hunt up there because up in delta county you can you can draw tags we we both drew a tag our first year putting yeah. it for Delta county and uh, he would uh you know he would bait for him and stuff like that and set up stands for guys to come up and be able to bear hunt up there yeah
2: all right, so Bob, what's your preference, height
1: and type of stand? Uh, I, I'm mixed on it, man. Like I like to be up- settle,
0: settle. <laughs> I like
1: I like to be up high, um, because I feel like I feel like some of these lower stands, like especially like the two man stands that we've hunted out over the last few years, like they're too low. I've been busted a lot in the last few years, and
0: stop moving.
2: Well, yeah, yeah they yeah, can see your phone screen. That's that's part of it. I've been busted a lot. Turn
0: the brightness down on your screen.
2: Yeah, and turn turn the volume off. Hey, t- t- <laughs> Jason, you know your ass is no better, <laughs> nor am I. Oh no. no, yeah, turn the volume off on your YouTube videos. Yeah. But they, you I just, know, I just put the ear, I put the earbuds in now.
0: I'm sitting yeah. I'm sitting out there hunting reading fishing articles.
2: Yeah, you're, you're
1: God, like, I, you're I found a myself weird. doing that before reading about hunting while I'm hunting. I'm like man what an idiot. But um
2: Maybe but, I should yeah, be looking yeah. at the woods.
1: I I have traditionally hunted a lot of hang on stands with ladder sticks. I that was like my go to for a long time and then within the last couple of years I've transitioned to the the ladder stands and we have fuck how many how many two-man ladder stands that we have you've had like three stolen yeah but uh i've bought so many i can build them like like no other we've got two ladder stands up north and we've got like three down state and it's like we got ladder stands coming out of our ladder stands so it's like it's kind of transitional ladder stands but i don't like i i'm every time i get in those stands i'm not happy with the height of them as i i do love to hunt out of my climber I have a, I have a summit climbing stand that I paid a ton of money for and, but it's money. It's beautiful because I can, I can adjust to where I want to be. Like I don't have to trim much because if there's a branch my way, I just move up a foot, you know, whatever it might be. And I can adjust myself to wherever I want to be for that particular hunt. And I'm, I'm notorious for like hanging a stand, finding a spot, finding the tree. Putting, hang, putting that tree stand up, getting in that tree stand and hunting it for the first time and being like, I hate this stand and everything <laughs> about it
2: fucking hate this stand every time i hate this saddle (laughs) oh my god yeah i I, 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 first time we're hunting these stands it's like i'm just waiting for the text like i hate this spot (laughs) i need to move i need to move my stand every time
1: yeah and and normally i don't wind up moving my stand or whatever and then i see a deer come (laughs) through right where i think i should be and i'm like i should move my fucking stand but that's why i love the climbers that i love to be a little bit more um but the, the thing that sucks about a climber is that you are restricted to what kind of treat types you have in your area and like whether they have a shit ton of branches on them but i hey bob
2: it was a...
0: have you ever put two climbers in one tree
2: no well your cameraman's so gotta have a, one right
0: a buddy a buddy and i we both had climbers and we staggered them so it was like my top his top my bottom his bottom and we went up staggered up the tree you talk about not seeing shit because you're screwing around <laughs> sit with your buddy it sounds, like night- <laughs> sounds
1: like a nightmare climbing though oh it was God. these two I guess- pieces
0: of cancer just hanging off the tree it's
1: hard enough when you're on your own not yeah. only that yeah but you have to have a straight tree that's kind of limbless so you're kind of like you have to get up a little bit higher anyway because you don't have a whole lot of cover but i've seen a lot of deer out of the out of my climbing stand and i don't know I, i'm i want to I it's been hanging in my garage. I don't know that I don't think I used it at all last year, but I want to I want to get out there and use it a little bit more this year. So that's that's my preference. I like to be a little bit higher. I like smaller stands like the two man stands are cool. Like, like you you've got more room to do stuff, I guess, if you wanted to do stuff. Yeah. But I like I, it because I literally... there's
0: more room to not fall out of.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's normally more room to, like, put your shit, you know, to put my, my bag and my quiver and hang stuff. And, like, I I do like to set my shit up so that, like, I don't have, like, I put a bow hanger and I have another screw step that I screw in that, that I hang my, you know, my, my bag off of or my quiver or something like that. So uh, I never hunt with a quiver on my bow. Like, I always take it off. So. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the way I practice. That's the way I hunt, too. So for the longest time, I carried a quiver on just in my in my backpack. I never attached it to my bow because I don't like having it on my bow. That's what I, that I do
2: now is I just put, my, I put my quiver in my backpack. Yeah. So. so some of the tools that we use for tree stands came a long way over the years. We went from just having, like, these little, like, pruning cheers to – you get the longer loppers to... Bob and I bought a... Well, Bob bought a pole saw, like one of those hand bull saws. That worked for years. where you got to, like, pull the rope to, like, yeah. climb it. Well, what was the last year we set up tree stands up north? I had an electric chainsaw. Ooh. Oh, man. A Ryobi little, like, 8-inch or 10-inch electric chainsaw. We cut down half the fucking forest. Bob, <laughs> Bob... I remember Bob was like... Timber! Yeah, like, we needed to get some branches that were out of our reach. And uh, I remember what you said, but I was like, cut the fucking tree down. It was only so, like six inches in so, diameter. So Ryan
1: is notorious for clearing the forest. Like me, <laughs> normally when I hang a stand, like I don't want to move too much shit. Like, oh, I yeah. don't I don't want to disturb the area very much. I want much.
2: big gaping I, windows. I'm
1: like, Ryan's like Ryan will get up in the stand and he'll be like, cut that, cut that, cut that, <laughs> cut that. Next thing you know, we're sitting in a field. It's, a, we're it's sitting, the last
0: tree in the yeah,
1: woods. We're sitting in a field. No. I've lost a gallon of water <laughs> because, I'm, because I'm sweating my ass off over here cutting down half the forest normally you want a
2: shooting window i want shooting like lanes he he wants a shooting yeah shooting hallway yeah yeah yep but yeah i mean the the some of the tools that we have nowadays though like you've got those electric chainsaws my dad just bought the electric chainsaw pole saw saw, yeah goes up like 12 feet or something like that and just uses a ryobi battery and i'm thinking where was this shit Fifteen twenty years ago, like when we do go set these tree stands up, like oh my god, like that's going to be money for trimming branches and, and getting these shooting lanes. But I think that's that's super important to do. Like we haven't done it yet this year, but we once we get like our tree stands like situated, getting those windows set up, having the right tools, um man, that can make life so much easier.
0: You're going to do all that work, and then Bob's going to sit it and go, "I hate this spot." He will
2: one hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent, very much. Yeah. Well, we used the sawzall for the longest time, dude. That's what took fucking forever. That's what I. I But that chainsaw, man, I'm telling you, I will sit
1: in the tree stand, and I'm not watching for deer. I'm looking at all the fucking limbs I want to cut. Yeah. And I'm looking for anywhere else to put this tree stand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's a weird OCD thing that I have. I recognize it as a flaw. As a hunter, I accept this. Yeah. But like I realize that as soon as I get in that tree stand, I hate it, and I want to find anything yeah. else because yeah. I'm. I'll sit there for five minutes, I don't see anything, and I'm like, "This spot sucks. I yeah. need a new spot." Yeah. <laughs> very impatient when it comes to like a spot. Yeah, I'm very particular. That
0: must. That must be how our wives feel. Never satisfied.
2: Boom. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> That's it's might thing. be a thing. That's a thing.
2: Jason, what do you guys use when you're setting up stands or?
0: forest fire.
2: Clear it out. Hell yeah. I didn't even think about that. Just light the whole fucking forest on fire. You have to cut nothing. You come back. It's just, just black ash. From a DNR standpoint, that's probably not wise. That's that's not his division. <laughs> that's not, that's, He's not the forestry division. That's yeah. not affecting the fisheries You can't division. set the water on fire. It's God's um, water.
0: <laughs> same, same stuff that you guys have mentioned. Yeah. Same stuff that you guys have mentioned. Like you said, I've gone out there with not with not... Uh, the right equipment, and it makes it a real pain. Oh god! So it's nice to take a second and make sure you have the things you need.
2: Yeah, I just think about the back in the days of us trying to do shit with that stupid little pole saw and a little. At one point, we used. Uh, you had like a little backpack handsaw. Yeah. Remember that? I we still were, We were still cutting down a... trees and shit with this little handsaw. You can get through a, yeah. a six-inch tree pretty quick with one of them little handsaws, man. You can, can get somewhere. through a lot faster with an electric chainsaw. You sure as hell can.
0: <clears throat>
1: hell yeah. Sure as hell can.
2: And then you're not... Now you
1: get a little
0: carried away.
2: I, so so that, easy, that's what just... happened last year. Like, I had that chainsaw, and I think we went through a whole battery. Like, I was just cutting everything down, but... And then... <laughs> and then this january they clear cut the fucking place well they select cut Perfect. the whole they select Perfect. cut the whole place and i'm like i got nothing to cut down now
1: <laughs> yeah he has no nothing ca- to cut down, go- down. now. so like, Literally, he doesn't know what he's gonna big, do
2: it's a big open field now but
0: go carve your initials into the tree trunks yeah
2: that's funny that's funny well we got lots more to cover but i think we'll uh we'll send that on to the next next week's podcast when we get into the the week before the season. So we'll get into some of the gear and uh, we'll talk opening day a little bit more. So, um, Jason, what do you got? Final comments?
0: Um, uh, It's been fun as we get... Closer to deer season, I know our stories will change a little bit. Still, a little bit of fishing to do. Still, I say, I let's not forget
2: there's some serious fishing that needs to happen over the next yeah month, month and a half. Musky season. You got the yeah. salmon run. Like yep, we got to get your ass down here do some sturgeon. Yeah, I know it. Bring your wife. Let's go.
0: I know. We'll make a night of it so, on yeah, the boat. There you go. I will be back out there chasing salmon this weekend and uh i will report back with how that goes looking forward to it should be fun again
2: does your wife ever bitch about you fishing every weekend
0: oh she may have been <laughs> known to express some displeasure <laughs>
2: uh, i don't think any wife's gonna not bitch her fishing every weekend yeah you got a you got a good one i guess i'm calling her your wife she's not technically your wife yet
0: not yet she didn't we sign up for shit yet no we got a year september 30th of 23 you gotta
2: watch yourself because she might change her mind (laughs) maybe she likes you fishing every
0: weekend it seems to have worked so far there you
2: go i guess don't change what's don't fix what's not broken
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: well cool bob you doing Um, anything this weekend
1: yes I'm gonna shoot my bow. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna shoot my bow. I'm going to prep. I am ready. I'm going to. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be out there that opening weekend. I have that day off. It's a Saturday, so I'm definitely. I don't. I don't care what it is. I have not been out on an opening day of bow season here in a couple of years. I smell
2: a bold prediction. <laughs> hey, make it a bold prediction. I'll. I'll there you win. go. I'll Write win that down. one. I'll.
1: I'll get in the woods that day.
2: Write it down, Jason. If
1: I the don't, the guy's have to...
0: gonna be hunting in a hurricane. <laughs>
1: i don't give a shit i'm gonna be out so uh I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot the bowl quite a bit this weekend um shoot I'm the ball hopefully get it in the i might do some like well i, I don't know i'm thinking of, i'm thinking i might take my climber out for opening day kind of hunt where i've been where i've been seeing all these buckaroos walking around so that's the goal Jason, got, have you shot your bow yet? I've got two papers right this weekend too, so there's that. No, I have not. See, it all changes
2: now. <laughs> Why well, I have that? Well, that's this weekend. It don't, it don't mean I can't. You know. said you have. No. It.
0: What happened no, to you
2: going no, to Franks no. and doing the 3D shooting?
0: Hey, the the year's not over.
2: Jeez, I'm I'm the only person that shot this shot his bow. You two disappoint me.
0: I've got to get the dust off of it.
2: I've got to wipe it down first. It won't fire right. Yeah, You two kill me Nothing else, Bob? Nope, nope, I'm good right. um, I got nothing going on this weekend I got to work all weekend Sunday, I got a charity uh, thing I got to do ALS thing for my wife's side of the family so I will be tied up all weekend and I ain't going to be able to do shit That's the thing I would like to get out doing some fishing after work but now it gets dark at like 8 o'clock it really sucks when it doesn't get dark at nine thirty. i get you lose some some opportunity to fish so. mm-hmm. but we'll see um i might try to shoot my bow some more this weekend i, I shot it briefly but only at about 20 25 yards and it's still on but i want to i'm practicing the 30 and 40 yard shot so i don't have to to screw up this year we know you oh. like
0: reaching out there to that extended range oh yeah yeah
2: well I feel better this year the fact that I sighted in my bow last year and got it on. And and really I guess I did practice those a little bit, but yeah, I'll be ready this year. Before I go sit in the woods, I will shoot it at like I said, 30, 40 yards, you know, get all get my, all my sights lined up. So other than that, that's all I got. Um as always, thank you for listening. Um you know, make sure you follow us on all of our social media pages. Um biggest thing, just Make sure when we, we post this stuff, give us a like, give us a share, tell your friends about us. Um, we have a lot more listeners than, uh, I guess we thought we'd have 28 episodes in. So we thank everybody for that. It's all been word of mouth. We aren't paying a dime for advertising because <laughs> that's not what we're about. So, um, so it's all been word of mouth. So thank you for telling your friends about this. Um, you know, keep it up, tell your friends, um, hit us up if you want any swag, um, previous episodes we've we've thrown out some stuff for some swag and uh we're gonna keep doing that so um yeah that's all i got so last chance boys anything nope i'm good uh keep the legs crossed. your mind on jesus i even queued it up for him like he wasn't even <laughs> gonna do it i queued it up for him giving him that put it on a silver platter for you jason you need to come up with something
0: I got nothing. Be rude. That's honestly
2: root. what you say every time. I, I got that's nothing. your line. I got, I got nothing.
0: There you go. I that, say it all that's your during, line. The, during the content part of it.
2: Yeah. All right. As always, get outdoors and don't be terrible.